All right, welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. Before we get into our first guest, I want to remind everyone about MyPillow.com. The holidays are here, so you want to go to MyPillow.com, punch in that promo code TJCS. Again, if you just go on their website, MyPillow.com, they'll have no idea that you want that discount without punching in TJCS. And the people that you buy stuff for, they have no idea that you didn't buy it for top price. So again, MyPillow.com, go over there. It is promo code TJCS. And if you want to call because you don't want to go online, it's 1-800-893-4797. For some reason, I can't remember that number. But with that being said, let's get into our guest here. I have my good friend, Joe the Cop. Joey, baby, how are you? What's up, Joe? Welcome back to the show. Long time, two years. I uh, Well, two years since I came on, just me and you, and then we did the group one about six months later. So yeah, it's Roxy. been a while. Yeah, right. Muggsy, Roxy, and uh, Crazy Rob. Yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. A big, it's a big difference, right, from when you were in my living room, in my apartment, at my dining room table, to here we are now. It's great, man. We're, we're healthy. We're good, yeah. right? This crazy world that we're living in right now. Yeah, You're <clears throat> retired. I'm retired, from yes. the, tell us, Just tell us a little bit about yourself so people that don't know who you are, just give us a little background of yourself. Uh, well, uh, I was crowned, uh, I guess, my nickname, Joey the Cop, from you <laughs> when I came on. Yep. Uh, retired NYPD sergeant. Prior to that, I was a sergeant in the Marine Corps. Uh, grew up in the same town as you. Graduated in 99, I'm 40 and retired. 40 <laughs> and retired. So here we go, right? You're on the police force, right? What what unit were you in? I retired out of the uh, NYPD ATF uh, Joint Firearms Task Force. Okay, and what were you doing? Were you doing something before that? I remember when you first, you know, when, I guess when de Blasio started really messing with all of the units, right? And they wanted to do this whole bail, this George reform, George uh, Floyd reform stuff, whatever it was. You, weren't you on a gang unit or something or undercover unit? Yeah, I think when I came, was I? I've definitely, um, I was a detective and a sergeant in the gang squad, and then I was also a cop and a sergeant in anti-crime. But what did they take away? What did de Blasio take anti-crime. away? Anti-crime. Anti-crime. Tell us, what was anti-crime? What was that unit about, and what were you doing? Like, what was what was it every day, like, being in that unit, a well, cop you, in New York City? You drove around in plain clothes, a mall car, and uh, basically you looked for illegal guns on the streets of New York City. So you're there, and that's your whole job. That's it. How do you get? How do, how, do, how does that work? Like, so, from what you're saying, right? It sounds like okay. I get it. We're gonna get in my car. We're in my Adidas outfit, right? Nah, can you wear no. whatever you want? Yeah, but we, no. Like, but what do you wear? You wear jeans and a t-shirt, or can jeans you wear and jeans and a hoodie? Like, jeans and a hoodie. Yeah. What a fucking life! And then the old, you know, they used to joke. What a life! The big joke with the Long Island white kids was like, they, you know, they wear their Bo Jackson football jersey the day they get in plain clothes. You know? Oh, really? The only thing we do right away is we grow a beard. Okay, you know, so that's, that's uh. So, customary. So, I mean, there's nothing better. You're in jeans, a hoodie, and you're carrying a gun. Carry, yeah. packing two, I carry two guns. Like, uh, two? Uh, what yeah. did you do, on your ankle? No, I did one. Uh, I had my my regular weapon on my strong side, and then I carried a uh, backup on my weak side. Oh, do you, that, people do that with two guns on both sides? Why yeah, would you want to conceal it in your ankle, for, say, or whatever? Why would you, you want to get to it? You, you know, you're in a gunfight. You get shot. Your your gun gets shot out of your hand. You just go over to the other side and grab it. All right. Before we get into, because I want to talk about this gang unit. What made you? So you're 40 years old. That means you were a cop for when you turned 20. No, I actually uh, I got on at 23. I did 17 years, and I was uh, because I'm a war veteran. I was able to buy back three years of time. So I got basically I did 17 years, got a 20 year pension. You graduated from North Babylon High School. Yep. Okay. What year? 99. 
So let, let's just real quick, you talk about your senior year, right? People are saying, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to University of Michigan. I want to be a doctor. I'm going to go. I want to be a scientist. I want to do in computer, computer engineering, right? Uh, whatever it is that people want to do. I want to be a lawyer. I want to do this. I want to be an accountant. Here you are. You're in 12th grade. What is it that, what, what are you saying you want to do? You want to go and join the military? It's funny. You say 12th grade, you're like, holy shit, you know? Uh, yeah, I know. Like my this. son's in 11th. Gone. Uh, <laughs> Bye. Um, yeah, you know, I always, I always wanted to do it. Um, you wanted to always join the military? Always be a Marine. Do you have people in my, your family that are Marines? My uncle. Your uncle was a Marine. Yeah. So, okay, so you wanted to be, always wanted to do it. Did you sign up in 12th grade? Did you know? Uh, like, how did that, tell us about that. Dude, I signed up the summer between 11th and 12th grade. Really? That had a delayed entry pro. They still have it, but my son, his ass, he's joined. My son wants to go to Marines too, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I'll join after senior year." I said, "Nah, fuck that. You're, you're signing up, Ace. I got to keep that kid on the uh, the right track." Well, you you were never nervous. Listen, I was such a pussy about the whole military. Like I I look back now, and one of the biggest regrets I've had is that I didn't join the military because I think there is a certain pride that you're able to say. And there's also an, an attachment to you being a Marine, serving your country. You have, it's like a privilege. It's almost like a, a membership. You're a member of a community that well, a lot of people are not, right? Like, like oh, a fraternity. Yep. And it's the most, I think, prideful community, you know, allegiance that you could possibly be in. United States Marine Corps. Yep. In my opinion, right? No, I agree. 100%. Even if you could, I think it's even better than the Army. Or better, it, it, you're a Marine. But I was always nervous about if I had to get deployed and go into war. I could not think, you know, I would watch those movies growing up. You watch Platoon, you watch these Vietnam movies, and you're in this jungle. And if you're the first people there, you're the first one to lead the, you know, the the infantry, the, the platoon yep. itself. And you could get shot at first. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> I am not doing that. I do not want these Vietnamese people shooting at me. I don't know where it's coming from. I'm good. I don't want anything to do with it. What was the climate when you graduated in in globally? You know, what was going on? Was there anything going on? What conflicts? That's funny. I was just going to bring it up. No, nothing. Now, and that, that's the ironic part was I joined, uh, what would that be, uh, the summer of 98, delayed entry program. So with that is every, I think it was like the third Saturday in a month, you have to go to recruiting station and they <clears throat> they run with you and all this other bullshit. Be careful when and you keep hitting the table. Oh, you, it's going to pick up on every yeah, time I'm, you I'm, I'm used to your kitchen table. They, um... You know, you go there, you run, and they kind of just, they're keeping you on track because, you know, I shouldn't say this, but a lot of kids don't realize this. You could still back out at that point. You're fucking 17. You didn't sign a contract. When you first go to the recruiter and you say, you, you when you enlist and you say that, you could still back out of that? If Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 17. You can't fucking hold me accountable. You can't make me go. I didn't know I that I had a friend all. do it. I was pissing him. We were supposed to go on the buddy program. He buddy fucked me. <laughs> fucking, and then he joined the Army four years later. No, I was getting out of the Marine Corps and he's going to the Army. I'm like, Greg, what the fuck you doing? <laughs> so, so you... But there was no conflict. There no, was, there was, I think... What year was it again? 99. So what, you had... Uh, so Desert Storm's done. I mean, Desert Storm, right. You had yeah. Somalia, what was Somalia, 96? I don't recall, to be honest with Black you. Black Hawk Down. Okay. I want to say that was like 96. I think there was some bullshit in Bosnia. But really, as far as like, you know... Oh, I, you could just... We, I could even... Right, yeah, we listen. Could go, but Iraq, and I mean, there was nothing. Nothing going on until there yeah, was, two years later. There was nothing to the point where when I joined, I didn't know what job I wanted to do. You know, every Marine wants to join to be infantry. Right. 
So I join up my mother. Why she, is that? Why is infiltry the best? Is that well, you know? I mean, they ground are, unit, right? I wasn't a grunt. I was a pogue. But those guys, I mean, the infantry guys are just—they're the backbone of the Marine Corps. They're the bad, even the army. They're, they're the badasses, you know. They—they're they're the ones actually searching houses and all that. And I remember my mother. She goes, "You're not fucking doing." That. And my mother's old crazy. When you say ser- when you say searching houses, you're talking about like let's just say if this was World War II and they were walking around in yes. Germany and they're looking into things and they don't know where anybody's like Black hiding Hawk out. Down was infantry. You know, um, okay, I got you. Uh, if you ever did, you see Generation Kill on HBO? No. Oh, you gotta watch Good? that. Oh, amazing. What is it about? It's about the Marines in uh, Iraq. Okay, I gotta watch. I that. mean, you'd love, and, and it's like got sick, twisted sense of humor we have. Okay, it's it's that, but nothing's going on. And I remember I I join, and unbeknownst to me at the time with the MOSs, which is military occupational specialty, that's your job. Um, I joined in like August. The fiscal year is October. So now they're trying to close out jobs. So I'm like, God, oh, I want to be an MP because I want to be a cop, right? When I knew when I when I'm grown up, I want to be a cop. So I'm like, oh, I'll be military police. So I take my ASVAB and everything. What's that? Uh, that that's basically the SAT for the military. That's that's the entrance. Is it a it's, joke? Armed um, Services vocation, Vocational Aptitude Battery Exam. I don't know. I, don't know. It's, I oh, passed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, people, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I know yeah. guys that fail. Believe it or not, and. Uh, so I, you know, I get it, and then, and all of a sudden, my I remember my recruiter, this guy uh, Arthur Claiborne. I still keep in touch with him to this day. Great, great man. Uh, he's actually a fireman down in Virginia. He's uh, he retired from the Marine Corps. He uh, gives me a list, and he's like, "Hey, kid, pick one of these jobs." And I'm looking, and I'm like, "Admin, supply, logistics." I'm like, "Dang, one fucking cool job on this list." And he's like, "That's all that's open." And I'm like, "Dude." Like and then he's like, you fucking call me dude. I'm like staff sergeant, you know. And I, and I'm like, I don't want none of these jobs. I, like, I, like, can I drive in a tank? Can I do something cool, something badass? I'm gonna fucking go home and tell people I kick boxes around in the Marine Corps. And he looked me square in the face and he said, Listen, kid, I'm giving you an opportunity. You could be a Marine or you can go down the hallway and get any job you want. And I was like, This motherfucker, man, he just hooked me. He got me good. So yeah. So I, I took the day. My uncle, uh, who was a Marine, he ended up going over to the army. He's actually a colonel right now. He's gonna be he's gonna be a general by the end of next year, hopefully. And I, told, I said, I called him up. I said, Uncle Mike, you know, this is the deal. And he goes, listen, man. He goes, uh, I know everyone wants to be badass, and it's true. He goes, but listen, get a job that helps you when you get out. You know, do something that you could actually uh, use some, right. to your advantage. How much is the pay when you first get in there? Oh, my God, bro. I, I remember I, I was an E2, private first class. So in high school, I worked at Francesco's in Babylon Village. Oh, of course. Big, big, big clams. Oh, great. Clams and they, casino, and, even better. Listen, I don't uh, say anything. They place. Got, was on fire, yeah. and now all of a sudden it's this beautiful place. Who knows? Hey, I, hey I, don't talk about Uncle Frankie. Yeah, right? but, no, and, but uh, I'm saying, <laughs> but what a, the big clams are the best. Oh, and um, I mean, dude, I was I was 16 years old making ten dollars an hour cash in 1997. Think about that. When we were, like, you're a little bit older than me, but I was a 10th grader making ten dollars an hour. By the time I left, I was making 15. I was making minimum wage what it is now, cash. So I was making, and I was working six. I think I was making like six hundred dollars a week my senior year. Clean money, you know, fucking selling drugs, nothing. Yeah, not nothing. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. And I spent every fucking time of it. But uh, then all of a sudden, I remember I joined the Marine Corps. At boot camp, you don't pay attention to your paycheck. You know, at, at Marine co- uh, combat training, you don't really pay attention to it. And then, then you know, you go to MOS school. So back what does that, that stand for? Military Occupational Specialty. So the long and skinny of it is I, I end up going like this at administrative uh, job, which... To this day, I fucking regret and hated it. But you know what? I was a Marine, and I, it actually segged my, me into a couple other cool things that I'll talk about. And uh, so I'm at MOS school in, in uh, North Carolina, and we get paid the 1st and the 15th in the military. And I get this paycheck, and it's for two weeks. It's like $419. What are you I go, what the fuck am I going to do with this? And I, that is 
unbelievable. You can't even do anything with that. You can't. What do you? What do you even do? And I'm looking at this thing, and you know what's funny is like you're in a room, cafeteria, and you're sitting there with guys from like the backwoods of Kentucky, you know, all over the place, and they're happy as a pig and shit. Man, I got four hundred dollars. And I'm looking at this like, man, this is some bullshit, man. You know what's crazy too is, is these are the people, right, that we should be paying more. These are the people that we should be really saying, hey, listen, you join the Marines, you join the Army, you could, you know, you could actually make a living off of this and make a career out of it. But instead, what we're doing is we're giving money away to these Afghan people coming here, God, it's, it's all these sin. illegal immigration that we have here that we have to pay for, but we don't take care of our own. And that's just proof right there. Imagine instead of being $400, you're making $800. Right. Right. Now you're like, this is good. Now I love I want I love being a marine. Now don't here. get me wrong. The, the higher you go in rank, the more you get. There's ways like officers do very well. You know what I mean? They can definitely. Uh, you, you know, do I, well. I, I want to get to the point that you you were talking about because you became a cop. But real quick, tell us for the people that don't know, including myself, how was boot camp as a marine? It what, fucking sucks, dude. Give me I, a, give me an example. Tell me about. I don't that care. You get there your first day if you can remember. Just try. Oh, to, I can remember. <laughs> don't don't. You know, and it's funny. Before I get into that, you'll have marines come on. And they'll be like, how was boot camp? Like, wow, that shit was a joke. It's like, yeah, it's a joke now, motherfucker. 20 years later, when you look back, because you did it. But at 18 years old, I mean, an average day, I mean, you're up at five. And it's not like, hey, guys. Well, well give me, you don't, you're jumping a little. Give me, like, give get, me the, you want to go going there? Yeah, yeah. so oh, your right. first day, your first day, right? You're, like, you're going to, that's it. You're, the old life is over. North yep. Babylon, hanging out with all your pals you graduated with. You're going to now go and do it. How do you get there? You, you, you drive to North no, Carolina? No, you get picked up by your recruiter. At your house? At your house. Oh, I didn't even know at that. At like five in the morning. Really? Right? You go down to Brooklyn, to Fort Hamilton, MEPS, Military Entrance Processing station and right there is like the quick and easy like drug test boom and there's fucking guys that smoke weed like the day before they go and now they pop and they're like yo see you later pal you're not going oh really oh yeah I, we had two guys in boot camp pop from when because they give you a drug test at boot camp too so um you get there you're doing like you know you got a duck walk final physical this that the other and then at around like eight nine o'clock at night they bring it over to, i don't know what it is now but it's called staten island hotel you stay at the staten island hotel you get your you get a your plane ticket. I'm 18 years old. I, I flew once in my life, <laughs> a, a, a month prior because yeah. senior trip. We went down to the Bahamas, uh, the class of '99. That was the first time I ever flew in my life. So they hand they hand a bunch of 18 year old kids plane tickets. Delta. They're like, all right, yeah, you're gonna go. And I remember we flew out of JFK to um, Charleston, South Carolina. And then you get off and you're like, oh, now, now like reality sets in. Because now you're looking and you're like, I've, I've never been to South Carolina a day in my life. You know, you're from New York. And you're in now. Oh, you're in. Now there, you're in. There's, there's no, no backing right, out. There's no... Right, right, right. Yeah. There's no, mob. I made a mistake. Right, that's Come it. Come get me. I don't want to take these oh, classes no, 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 anymore. No. And it's, at least it's Staten Island. I could be like, yo, dad, come get me. No, 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 dude, you're in. So, uh, and I remember, there was, so they, 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 then I look over to my right and I see this big white bus it's a, you know on the side United States Marine Corps it's like a school bus and I'm like fuck 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 and like and now like you see everyone's looking at each other like what the fuck were we thinking and like this Marine like Lance Corporal like he's not a drone instructor he kind of comes up and he's you know but he's being a little hard everyone shut up grab your shit let's go blah 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 and they, they put us in the bus and we're driving and they said like no talking no, no and keep in mind and you were talking about it with uh the, the guy with Kevin Donaldson that was mm -hmm. on about cell phones. This is ninety nine. Like, yeah, you, you kind of had a phone. Nah, I no texting. No, te no, no texting. texting. No texting. Texting wasn't until like two thousand and three, maybe even after that. Yeah, and uh, 
and you know, no cell phone. I remember I had like my license with a twenty dollar bill wrapped around. Better it. times though. Oh, great times. Better times. Great man, times. Right? There was there was better. I don't care what you no, say. You're right. My son says it all the time. He's like, Dad. I only get in trouble because of this fucking phone. And I'm like, you're right, right, kid. You're damn <laughs> and, uh, right. And I, I, know, fact, I know where he is. Why were you? Yeah, I was going to say. I could look it up right now, dude. Yeah, yeah you I know? know, I know. And, uh, and he knows. He shuts his location off. I'll whoop his ass when he gets home. It's crazy. So um, all of a sudden, like, the, the kid turns around. And he goes, all right, everyone put your head in your laps. And I'm like, what? And he's like, you know, not to him, in my head. And you got to you put your head in your lap. And, you know, you're trying to, like, sneak a peek. And then I, I fucking, like, sneak a peek. Because he's by himself. So it's like he can't drive and look at everything. And I'll never forget it. It says, uh, you know, welcome to Par Marine Corps Recruit Depot Paris Island. And I remember my f I was like, well, there's no going back now. Here we are, you know. And uh, How was it so now you get there, though? But it's hot as balls, bro. I went in July. You're in North Carolina? South Carolina. South Paris Carol Island. Paris Island, South Carolina. You know, what we see, like, you know, I don't know if you ever saw the the movie An Officer and a Gentleman. No, with, but I've seen Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, Full Metal. Right. But yeah, so, you know, the, the drill sergeant comes, yeah. right? What was the experience like that with you? You know, did you, you know, were you nervous? Drill instructor. Don't, drill ever call, instru don't ever call a Marine Corps drill instructor, a drill, drill sergeants in the Army. They'll lose their minds. Okay, <laughs> no, that's another thing I didn't know. So if you ever have one on here, which I could probably arrange, don't, don't drill ever. In, drill instructor, <laughs> what was the first, you know, your first interaction with that? When did you really say... So this. So here's how they get you. Fuck. Oh, here's how they get you. You don't sleep for fucking three days. Why? Just they're just moving you around. They just, and it's not even like a violent um, fuck fuck game. It's like, all right, guys, go over here. And Do you think like, that's all intentional? It's hundred percent. Okay. Nobody plays mind games like the Marine Corps. I don't. The drill instructors used to say it. They used to go, "I got more games than Milton Bradley." That's what <laughs> drill instructors used to say. So um, they play all these games, right? So now we have this one drill instructor. Yeah, I forgot his name. He wasn't my DI. He was the, the um, in-processing drill instructor. So his job is like, he kind of, you know, we get all our gear and everything. So now, like, after the second day, you're like, yo, I, I kind of got this. All right. Like, he yells. We do push-ups. When do you get your hair cut? When do you got to take your... That was like the fucking first or second. Like, the first day, bro. First day. They just sit. I remember dudes, they were slick. They come with haircuts already. They don't give a fuck. They're like, get in the chair. Dudes are like missing part of their scalp. And, yeah, 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 and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Dudes think they're cool. They go there with a high and tight already, and the fucking oh. like now you're done. Yeah, no. So um, I actually had a funny story about the high and tight, but uh, now after like second day, you're like, yeah, I kind of all right. Like, yo, this ain't so bad. There's only one of him. There's ninety of us. He can't see all of us. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like you notice the third day, you see like a couple more drill instructors. You're like, oh, what the fuck's going on? So they bring us to the front. We call it squad bay. Right, it brings us in front of the squad bay, and they uh, they have us all sit. In, you know, you sit Indian style. You sit at attention. Are they already telling you this is how you have to? You know, they're not you, telling you anything. But but you but nobody's telling you yet how you address other people. Oh, you yeah, know, the first thing when so uh, you, if you have a Google or talk to another brain to talk about getting off the bus. So when the bus pulled in, I got ahead of myself. Sorry. When the bus pulled in. Uh, we get to like a station, and and I'll I'll never forget. This is it. Almost looks like the Wiz Wizard of Oz building, right? And it says something along the lines that goes, through these portals walk uh, prospects for America's greatest fighting force, the United States Marine Corps. And that's, that's like good, fucking cool. That's a good feeling. Yeah, like you, you see that, that you're, you're like, like yeah, yeah, motherfucker, yeah, you know? And, uh, hell yeah. So, um, and then the drill, and like everyone sits there on the bus, and now it's like, I mean, you could Google it, YouTube, and pull it up, you'll see it. And also this drill instructor gets on, right? And he's just like, I mean, 
What is it called? What is it called? Drill instructor. No, but what is the thing that you said to Google? Oh, if you YouTube like, uh, just put like Paris Island. uh, Or Google what? Recruit bus, just anything bus arriving at Paris Island. uh, Get off my bus, Marine Corps or whatever. Can you see if that that may come up? We could just put a picture of that, but go ahead. And they're like, uh, they, um, guy gets on, man, he doesn't say a word. And he's got his Smokey the Bear hat and like, it's creased and it's 155 degrees outside. This guy doesn't have a, a, a speck of fucking uh sweat on him and he just goes i mean you, you could even you probably youtube like marine corps uh, there's a white bus intro- yeah there it is see i told you that fucking thing there's and, a white uh, bus right there there we go and that's the building with it yep there that's there oh that's the devil and uh so he um he goes into this this whole spiel and he's just screaming and he's like the first and last words out of your mouth will be sir you understand that and he's like sorry yes, sir and he's like louder and this is 99 so they still kind of cursed they still kind of touched you a little bit so they're almost why like, no cursing anymore I, mean, I don't know. I have. I mean, I've been. Oh, you're just I've been out of Marine Corps twenty. You're saying because of cancel culture. Who knows what they're doing? I mean, I know it's changed. You know, like okay. when I came on, we had the old green camis and we shined our boots. You know, yeah. When I got out, it wasn't even like that. We went to these digital things with these brown boots. So, um, he's just giving a spiel, and you're like, oh man, and and you knew this was gonna happen because you know every documentary, everything, and then he's like, she was like, get off my bus, get on, and then you get on the yellow footprints. So if you if like you looked that up, like the yellow footprints are like infamous because. That's where you start. Like once you put your feet on the yellow footprints, you are officially now a recruit at Marine Corps boot camp. So we get on the footprints, we go, you, you know, inside. We do this fuck fuck games for two three days. We got this one di, and then all of a sudden it's like I think it was a Saturday, and we're looking and we're like, yo, something's going on. So, you know, you're trying to talk every chance, but these they fucking catch you, man. Yeah, those are the yellow footprints right there. They, you know, that's when you know. That's, oh, that's that, when that's, you know, bro. Th- that's it. You go yeah. on those things because now it's. You're in unison, right? You're That's in it. you're in a in, in a group. You're in a platoon. Whatever, whatever, yeah. whatever. Uh, platoon, yeah, uh, like temporary. But and it makes you think. Like as messed up as this sounds, think about how many men and women died after standing on those yellow footprints. It's a good point. Like it's sad. It's sad, and it's like something I always say is like looked over. And I think now they give us. I think now they mention that during it. But like, if you think about it, because same thing at uh, the West Coast, they go to San Diego. Both recruit depots have those yellow footprints that you step on. And you think about it, any Marine who died in combat, he stepped on yellow footprints. Think about somewhere the dreams and, the, and, and what people were thinking when they first stepped on there right. and then how their life turned out because of right. whatever tragedy, whatever war, think about whatever it. things. Uh, you followed Dakota Meyer, the Marine Corps Medal of Honor winner, no. Kyle Carpenter? No. They, they both stepped on yellow footprints. Yeah, okay. I understand what like you're when saying. You think yeah, about, I know you like, I get your every, point. you know, and... Uh, so now this day comes and we're kind of like, you know, we're trying to talk. They always catch you. And then uh, they put us at a, in, in the front school circle. We're standing, sitting in attention. And all of a sudden this officer comes out and he's like, you know, whatever. I'm fucking Lieutenant Kozo, series commander, whatever. I'm going to introduce you to your senior drill instructor. And this guy, uh, senior drill, Staff Sergeant George comes out. And he comes out, Jamaican dude. Come, don't never To this day, I never understood a fucking word that guy was saying. And um, he comes out and he does whatever, and then they introduce us to two drill instructors, Sergeant Brandon and Sergeant Cadwell. You never forget these guys' names, dude. And they come out, and then uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, uh, he t- the now the, the foreman guy leaves. The officer says to the, the senior drill instructor, "Take charge of your platoon." So now it's his. Oh, God. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he turns around to the drill instructors, and he goes, drill instructors, take charge of the platoon. And he walks through a door into, like, his his area. 
And these two, picture like two Tasmanian fucking devils, man. They just start going nuts. They scream at us, get online, because you had like a line that went along the bongs. You got to get online. Everyone getting push-up positions. They're taking foot lockers, throwing them down. Like they're oh, just, yeah, yeah. they're just. Um, they didn't cause complete mayhem. Chaos. Chaos. chaos and you yeah. understand, like, as you go. And it's true. Like, my wife said, I don't get flustered. Between the Marine Corps and the police department, I, I never get flustered. Like, crazy shit happened. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And um, that's what it was for 90 fucking days, man. Just <laughs> complete just chaos. Complete. I remember one time. You get up in the morning. So you're sleeping. Do you have a... Now, there's no real... There's no phones. Like, you don't have your iPhone that you can put the alarm no. on. How are they getting... So there's, there's Firewatch. So they start right down the... So we started with 90 guys. I only graduated with 60. 30 guys, see you later, gone. Couldn't, couldn't make it. Okay. And uh, for various... You know, different reasons, I'm sure. Uh... But you have Firewatch, and I don't remember if Firewatch was 30 or 60 minutes, but like me and you could have Firewatch. So if we had it from 4.30 to 5, at 5 a.m., you would uh, you go to the door, you open up the hatch, and you go, and at 4.55, you start screaming, five minutes to lights! And now it's all going, you hear it all through Paris Island, four minutes to lights! And may God be with you, when, when the recruit said, lights, 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 if you were not dressed and ready to go online, Oof. when the lights went everybody's, on. It's, everybody's going bananas. Because the first go. day, everyone's like, all right, when they scream lights, we'll get up, we'll start getting dressed. Oh, no. Oh, no, my friend. You get up and you start <laughs> oh, no. to You better, to when that, the drone shuttle comes out at five, but he's already, pe he's already peeking through the window. He's already picking, where's my bitch? You know what I mean? And it's true, man. He's looking for the weak link. Really? So and, uh, you, is that really how it goes down like that? Oh, man. They find that Dude, one? Weak link. We had this guy, Miller. Never saw him after boot camp. I know, he, I know he went to the infantry. If you're listening, my bad, bro. This guy was a piece of shit, man. He was like from the backwoods of fucking Georgia, and he was just weak, you know? And, uh, man, they tormented him. Hey, he made it, though. I'll give him that. But I remember we had this thing outside of the, the, the building, the squad bay, called The Pit. And it was... I don't know, 40 feet long by 20 feet wide. Well, t 40 feet wide by 20 feet deep. And it was all sand. And when they wanted to um, give us extra attention, they put the whole platoon in the pit. To do what? Push-ups, sit-ups. Um, in the sand. In the sand. That's even worse. It's 110 degrees. Oh, you know, you know what a sand flea is? No, I never Yeah. <laughs> well, they exist in Paris Island. And they, they'll bite you raw. And... Um, they would put us in this in this sand pit, and they you know you'd be in platoon, and they say you know jump side shuttle hop, so it's jumping jacks, boom, you're doing them, push ups, push ups, I sir, you're doing them, and then you know mountain climbers, mountain climbers, I sir, and one day I remember this guy Miller was just they said oh you can't keep up, and they had him, he had to stand on his he had to sit on his butt, and he was taking handfuls of sand, and he had to throw them up in the air. And he had a he had a go from one end to the other, sliding backwards, throwing sand in the air. Going, I can wee, imagine how tired you get. We yeah, but we wanted to fucking kill him. Oh yeah, because we're doing this because of him. And we're like, oh, and how he, is that wee. though? How, how how is that? It's it's actually really embarrassing. It's also in hindsight, it's fucking hilarious. Hysterical. But while you're but, there, you're like you're you're the clown. But is that true what you said there? Like, do you guys all start talking when you have, like, some downtime? Like, this fucking dick. I'm going to kill this guy. There's what no do downtime. You? But, yeah, you know, everyone watched Full Metal Jacket when they do the, uh, 
what was it the the, the bashing of the what they put the soap in the sock what what uh, you know soap part whatever I mean the drill shock was tight from jump like if you do that we'll we'll fuck hazy you. I mean yeah I mean when I was in good I, I personally I mean I'm probably gonna catch shit for this I believe in hazing to a certain degree I do too I think hazing builds in sports character, in military a hundred percent police department I think it builds character I but like anything else people fuck it up because they they overdo it and you get hurt. Uh, Right, like you can't have that. You can get hurt. I mean, like bruises or whatever. But if you're breaking people's arms, if people have right. to go to the hospital, if something happens, you know, that's a little bit something. Right, like else. when I got promoted to corporal, you get your blood stripe. Ever seen the Marines on the trousers? They have that red stripe that goes down. I, didn't, a, I didn't, I've never yeah, recognized it. It's called a blood stripe. So corporals and above have it. When you get it, you have to go to the gauntlet. Well, back in the day, you have to go to the gauntlet, and it didn't matter what MOS, what platoon, you would go, and all the corporals and sergeants would line up, and you'd walk in between them, and they knee you. And give you a like, Charlie horse. You're earning your blood stripe. That's no good. Oh, it sucks. Like, That's no good. It's, I don't it's, that. It's, it's so bad that usually, like, after you got promoted, like, your, your gunnery sergeant would be like, hey, man, you don't have to PT tomorrow. Because, like, he knew that you're like, you can't walk. You're like Gumby. And then if you got promoted, you know, on the back, they don't put the backings. And you. And then you get the, you get the mosquito bites on your, uh, on right. your chest there. Yeah, I still have little, like, scars. So, everything, so what you're telling me right now. It's downtime, nothing's happening, but we now know because of the time frame that you're saying, out of nowhere, so here comes September 11th, right? Yep. You weren't, because right now you said in 1999, we weren't any war, we didn't have anything going on. Here you are now, two years into it, you're doing whatever. You're here probably, right, in the United States still? I So right out, right out of all the training and stuff, I got stationed in North Carolina at uh, Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point. I liked it. It was cool. At that point in my life, I was like, I'm making a Marine Corps a career. I was going to go to, I wanted to be a drill instructor. I, I want to stay. You're loving it. It's, I, it's, I, oh, it's thing. the best. You, you, know? you love it. Yeah, it's the best. You know? um, You're getting pussy? Yeah. You're getting pussy there, right? Yeah, You're in military. Yeah. Is, is there, you you know, get more okay. when you come home because military towns, no one gives a fuck. Like, the, besides San Diego... Every Marine Corps base, yeah, is we're like, mugsy like that right, piece right. of shit. Yeah, yeah, that fucking what a lucky it's tough, tough son, life. Yeah, you know? yeah. The guy's like, yeah, I was in the yeah, Marines. Yeah. I was like, where? He's like, in San Diego. Yeah, yeah okay. So you get it, like, and that's just pure hating on him. Yeah, when you come home, you know, yeah, you get it. Or when you go out to like the little cities, but is that true uh, too? Though, by the way, when you come home, right, you're in the Marines. How is it being able to say that to people? Like, well, what are you doing? I haven't seen you. I'm in the Marines. Was there yeah. a sense of pride when you say yeah, that? Yeah, and you know what's pretty cool? Like, so. When I came home, they put me on like recruiters' assistance, and I, I work with the recruiters for like a month. You know, they do that with like the PFCs because all, all they're doing is exploiting you. They're taking you to your high school, and they're like, "Hey, look, Joe Cruzado became a, a Marine." So anybody you're cool with is like, "Oh fuck, man!" Or anybody who doesn't like you is like, "That fucking pussy became a Marine." I yeah, it's total think. propaganda. It's complete, like, yeah. So I would go, but it was cool. Like when the teachers, like especially the teachers you liked. And you know, there's always the one teacher that's like in their head, like they probably look at you like you're gonna fucking. I'm sure not many teachers thought you'd become a fucking lawyer. No, <laughs> you know, like yeah, a teacher in my my yearbook say, "I'm sorry that your life is gonna be so miserable." <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know um, I mean? you know, so that was kind of cool when they look and they're like, "Hey, man, you know, like you know, especially like some of the guys, like, hey, man, I'm proud of you, man. That's cool. You know, you, good stuff." Um, but yeah, I mean, like anything else, it's just because it's a job eventually. You know. So where were you the morning of September 11th? I was stationed in Brooklyn on the uh, I and I staff. We trained reservists. I fucking hated it. Um, the guy who sent me up here, the guy, we call him the monitor. He's in charge of where you go. He's like, "Oh, I need a New York guy to be stationed in New York." And I'm like, oh, "I'll be all right." You know, Brooklyn, f 45 minutes from my house. You know, worst three years ever. And uh, 
Why though? It was just sh- the the, the say lack of uh, proper management. We'll say okay. <laughs> and, so uh, it was it was the surroundings. It wasn't yeah. you know uh, so okay. I, you I, know it was it was a reserve unit. It was too big. It, it, and they, it just it was a shit show on the drill weekends, and it was just it was just a shit show. But um, we had a female marine. I want to say her last name was Lot. She was leaving to go get stationed in North Carolina. And uh, they were doing an award thing for her. And we were in formation. It was like, what, 8.30, what, 8.45 in the morning. You're in formation. So explain what, what that means when you yeah, say you're in formation. Uh, just, just when everyone's lined, around. No, no. Everyone's like standing still, lined up, facing, you know, the commander. And um, this guy, uh, Gunny Rittman, he comes peeling in the parking lot. And everyone's like, man, he's never fucking late. You know, it's fuck her. I mean, but he's a gunny. He can do whatever fucking wants. And he goes, yo, a plane just hit the World Trade Center. And we're like, really? He's like, yeah. We're like, no fucking way. He's like, yeah, man. So we're like, what do you uh, think at that moment in your time? You're like, it's New York City, man. Crazy, dumb shit happens all the time. You think it's like one of these little biplanes that are just flying, lost control, and went into the plane? Yeah, like, you know, like one of those little two seats. Cessna. Yeah, because a couple of years ago, didn't like one of the Yankees or some shit uh, crash his plane into a uh, a building in Manhattan or something like that? I don't recall, but yeah. I, yeah. I, um, so you were just thinking, no, right. no big deal. So, like, we get done, we go into our building, and like, we go up to the roof, and we're like looking, and you can see the smoke. And it's like probably five of us up there. And you, oh, so you, so you're in, Bro- so you're in Brooklyn. Yeah, Floyd Benefield. What is it, right near the uh, the bridge? Yep, Floyd Benefield. Yeah, by the Marine Park Bridge. You can see into Manhattan from. Yeah, there. you can see. I know that's what I was. Yeah. Doing. that's off the Bell Parkway there, yep. right? That's it. Yeah, at the end of the uh, fl- yeah. Flat at the end, when you make that, and it's down. Yep, that bridge. Okay, so there you are. You're up on top of this building. You could see smoke coming from the twin towers, right? Yep. What are you thinking at that time? You're thinking what? They're gonna put the fire out. Everybody will be all right. Yeah, right. You're not thinking anything, right? Nothing. And then. Uh, all of a sudden, someone goes, oh, shit. And I go, what? And we look left, and we just, like, missed seeing the second plane hit. And we were like, oh, fuck. And then, uh, like, you don't know, I was, I think I was 20. And I'm like, what the fuck? So now we're like, now, right away, we all want to go down to New York. We want to go down and help. But we can't. We're not the police. We're not the fire department. And you have to be, you, you have commands. Right, like, right. And the, yeah, it's not like you're just going to hop in your Toyota and say, okay, we're going down there, let's right. go. So right away, like, our, our, our lieutenant colonel calls headquarters Marine Corps, I guess, this is what we're told. And he's figuring out, like, hey, can we go? And no one knew what the fuck was going on. And the Marine Corps... So nobody knows that at that moment, in that, the vibe that you're there, right. it's not that we're under attack, or is it? Well, well I think after the second plane, you didn't have to say it. I think everyone kind of... Because remember, it was like, what, the second plane? And then within a half hour or so, it was like, the plane went down in Pennsylvania... And then okay, so yeah, so that's I, right. So I, now you're getting started, the news cycle starting to come. Happening. And I remember this old, crusty master sergeant was like, well, you all want to go to war. Guess what? You all going to go to war. <laughs> that was it. And he just sipped his coffee. See, <laughs> that's, it. that's great. That's actually a good part for a movie. <laughs> yeah. Right, that put in there. That you know, but, but that means something. Oh, it meant something, yeah. <laughs> Here you are. Here's, you know, Joe... The 18-year-old that got, went into the Marine Corps, now Joe, the 20-year-old, and it's been downtime, and now all of a sudden, somebody said the word war, right. and you just saw... Well, you hear it all the cr- time, because you're always trained. Like, one thing about the Marine Corps is, it don't matter if you're, what your MOS is, what your job, what unit, you're always training. That's the one thing, like, that's why, like, to be, that's why Marines are so fucking good, dude. You're always training. But are you, you know? mentally prepared to go now when somebody says war? Because now... Death is involved. Yeah, I think you're. I think being a marine or a soldier, you know, uh, you're as 
prepared mentally as probably any human can be. Like, yeah, okay. You know, like because because it's in your head from day one. Like, you know, the boot camp. You say, "What makes the grass grow?" Blood, sir. You know what I mean? Like, you're, it's in your head. So, is Joe Cruzado the 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 twenty year old mentality? is totally now different than the guy that stepped on those two yellow uh, footprints. Oh, 100%. Your mentality is so different, oh, right? 100%, 100%. The way you're thinking. Right. The way, how about your confidence? Oh, yeah, no, you, right. You, 100%. Like, you're a different, you, you really, you're a different person. It's not, it's not because, I always say this, the, the Marine Corps, it doesn't turn weak people into strong people. But what it does is it, it, it lets you identify your strengths the things that you know I, in high school i was a quiet kid got along with everybody never beefed probably only got in one or two fist fights maybe three my whole time like it wasn't you know and then i would see people and they're like man fucking joe's aggressive i'm like i'm not fucking aggressive i'm just you know these, these things the marine corps pulls these things out of you that maybe you kind of got like suppressed or you just didn't know you had so um now that was what september uh 2001. So what happens? Okay, so now when Well, nothing's get, going on now. No, no, but yeah, but so what happens? Who tells you that hey, listen, you're here in Brooklyn. You're not going to be in Brooklyn anymore. Like well, Remember, we didn't go we didn't go to Iraq to 03, dude. So all this time goes by and and I'll never forget I was uh so I was uh one of the color sergeants. We did the color guards and the funerals for the veterans and we did the color guards at Yankee Stadium at the time Shea Stadium, Ranger games, any high profile stuff. Um and uh, we were doing a color guard. I want to say it was like April, because it was cold. And we were doing a color guard at Shea Stadium. Shea Stadium. And we come out. I'm a Yankee fan for the record. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we come out, center field, and I'll never forget uh, my buddy Keith Cabrera. He's holding the American flag because he's a staff sergeant. I was a sergeant. I was holding the Marine Corps flag. And then we had two guys doing the rifles. And the fucking crowd. They do the national anthem and everything. And then the crowd goes crazy. They always go crazy for us. I'll give them that, you know? And, um... You get goosebumps? Yeah, no, you do. You do. I mean, I love the American flag, dude. I have a tattoo on my body. Yeah, I, I mean, you don't gotta tell you me. You see my shirt, bro. Like, I'm, I'm fucking... I got the American flag on my show right behind. I love yeah. it. I love it. You know, it. I'm, I, I love it. And, um... And you... And like I said, and for you, it's even different. Because you actually said, I'm gonna give my life up. And I'm gonna go, and I'm gonna protect all the freedoms that everybody's enjoying at this moment in time. So the crowd is going, like, bonkers, man. I mean, like, we... So me and him are talking to each other, and we're holding the flag, and he's he's like, yo, can can the riflemen hear me? And I'm like, they're not going to be able to hear you. That's how loud it was, because me and him are like this. So I'm telling the riflemen next to me, I'm holding the flag, and you can't see my mouth, you know? And I'm like, I'm like stand by, stand by, stand by. And uh, finally, it kind of goes down a little bit. We, he gives the, uh, you know, about face, whatever command, we saw turn, and then you have the monitor there, right? So now we're walking out, we're marching out with the flag, and I look up at the monitor, and it says... U.S. coalition forces have just bombed targets in Afghanistan. That's how you found That's out. That's how everyone was going nuts. I didn't pay for a fucking beer the whole rest of the day <laughs> in that stadium, dude. <laughs> um, you should never when you were. But that was that was. I mean that crowd. And then if you actually um, what's cool? I had it in the backdrop of my Facebook. Uh, I would say like talk about goosebumps, and I think the proudest thing is uh, I was one of the riflemen. At Shea Stadium for the first game after 9/11, when Piazza hit the home run. Yep. Um, you could actually, I think you could actually pull up the video. It's uh, YouTube won't let us play videos on their own video. We're the Marines that are marching out, and uh, 
That was insane, dude. That game was the best. But wasn't Giuliani there too? Or was, yeah, was, he there? was or Bush there. was with Bush. Giuliani. Giuliani. You know, I bodyguarded him for a while. You did? For like nine years, yeah. He's a good guy? I like him. You yeah, like him? Yeah. yeah. Um, why, why, why when I say he's a good guy, you didn't say I love him? You said I like him. I love my wife, bro. I love my kids. I don't, you know. Okay. No, no. That's a good, that's a good, yeah. that's a good answer. Uh, you know, he always treated me good. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'll show you a picture later. And uh, that was crazy because we got called... Um, I think the game was like at 7. At 4 o'clock, they call us, and they're like, hey, we want a full Marine rifle detail. And they're like, what? Uh, what's going on? So they tell us, dude, we had no no rehearsal, no practice, nothing. So we end up getting there, and it was the and I, I was not an NYPD cop yet, so uh, behind us was the NYPD pipes and drums. And then it was we led the procession out. So they were playing, uh, I forgot what, I think they were playing... Uh, America, America over the bagpipes. And we came marching out with the rifles. Nobody knew that we were gonna be there. When I tell you that crowd went, I mean, dude, you, you were shaking. I'm getting goosebumps just listening to I mean, to not even just, just from the volume, I mean, it was unreal. It was so loud. Uh, this guy, John Werner, was the staff sergeant that, um, that was given the commands. We couldn't hear him. That's how great it was. So we, we ended up- You'll never forget that day. No, 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 we ended up, uh, you know, we've, we, you know, Marine, we all, do, we specialize in drill and we had like the ditties in our head that we were saying and it was like, I mean, if you watch it, it's fucking crisp, bro. <laughs> it's, it's and, well, and that was at, and that was at Shea Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now what about, so take us to then 2003 because you're still here and you don't, you know, and so you're not, you, your right. life is not in jeopardy no. while you're on U.S. So, soil. So it's funny. I take the, uh, I take the NYPD police exam. And uh, this is just like for humor. I process in 2002. So I go, I process in like November. They're like, hey, you're gonna be in the January class. I'm like, sir, I got a problem. He's like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, uh, I'm in the Marine Corps for another 18 months. I can't go to police academy. He's like, oh shit, come with me. Boom, go, all right, no problem, military deferment. That was like November, December. All of a sudden, like uh, January 3rd, I go, we, we go to work, you know, the base, building. Where are you now, still in Brooklyn? Brooklyn. This uh, Gunny Fontaine, the crazy female Gunny. <laughs> Still talk, she's a good woman. Gunny uh, Fontaine is a great movie name. Yeah, yeah, it is, Gunny right? Gunny Fontaine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Such a great movie name. She walks out and she's like, all right, you volunteered, right? I'm like, yeah. There's like, they needed three of us. She goes, all right, you, you, and you, you guys are leaving for uh, Kuwait on the 12th. I'm like, all right. Now, I have no wife, no kids. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, That's how you thought? You were just like, all right, I'm going to Kuwait? Well, in, in like October, they wanted volunteers who want to go to Iraq. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll go to Iraq. And then, uh, So that's the mentality you have right. now. It's different, right? Oh, but I'll tell you it, what, it, even even Marines, bro, 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 are badass motherfuckers. There was some, and I see him on Facebook, and I and I don't have the heart to hurt people's feelings like that anymore. So I'm trying to be like a refined gentleman now that I'm retired. Mm -hmm. And... uh like one of these female Marines kept talking shit and I was like, I wanted to be like, yo, I remember when they asked for volunteers and you came up with every fucking excuse under the sun on why you couldn't go. Oh, you knew the yeah. person that you yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. you, yeah, okay. You yeah, know, and you so, want to call them out and you're like, nah. Yeah, but whatever, you know what I mean? Whatever. But would, now, would that have been different if you had a kid than volunteering to go to Kuwait? Is it different because you were single? You didn't have- She didn't have a kid, but- uh, No, you though. You know what? Like now all of a sudden you have, you have kids. Would you be so eager to go to Kuwait? Well, I'll tell you this. I was gonna I was gonna join back up. Uh, I got on the job in 04. I want to say like 06, 07. I was gonna go in the army to be an officer. 
Um, and I yeah, I ended up not doing it because I was like chilling. My kid was like two or three at the time. And I looked and I was like, I ain't, no. I ain't leaving him. I did my fucking time. Tell I me about leaving. tell me about the flight over the Atlantic to Kuwait. Oh, <laughs> so we fly from North Carolina, Camp Lejeune, well, well that area. And are you nervous? Like, what are you saying to your mother? You're like, what's the phone call like to your mother? No, I live with my mom. I lived in. The, I had the basement apartment. Yeah, yeah, I no, fucking lived saying, home. I was twenty. I know, but I'm saying though, like, what, 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 are you saying, nervous not, about saying that you're going to Kuwait? Is she upset that you're I just going thought to I'm Kuwait? going to. I'm just. I'm going to Kuwait. They, they want people in Kuwait. I didn't, you know, we didn't know either, man. We Listen, the truth is, I'm sure most people thought that we'd go to Kuwait, we'd show Iraq how big our dicks are, and he'd be like, all right, all right, I'll let the inspectors in, I'll chill, I'll chill. I don't think anyone expected, you know, us to be like, fuck you, we're coming in. Yeah. Um. So we leave, we, we land in Ireland, right? And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And now I'm like, now I'm like, oh, I'm fucking 21 years old. I could drink a fucking beer, I'm chilling. And, uh, they come over. They shut down the whole airport for us, right? And you look outside the the Ireland like police and militaries pr- protecting the airport, and all of a sudden they come over like, "Hey guys, uh, in regards to flight one two three four, it's gonna be a slight delay due to slight engine problems." I look at my buddy. I go, "I don't know, man. I'm a marine. I'm not a fucking airline mechanic." But is, can the words "slight engine problems" be in the same sentence and not be like a big deal? It's the engine of the plane. He's like, "Who gives a fuck if we die up there or die over there? Who cares?" That's what he says. And I remember the uh, the it's com- interesting though the commander goes uh, all right we're stuck here because at first it was no no drinking he said you know he didn't want you you deal you're on a, you have a plane full of marines but all marines from New York so it's like even worse and uh, he ends up telling like by rank you could a lot have of dicks in that oh, plane. a lot of fucking jerk offs uh, a lot of dicks a lot of on that you know plane. you got the fucking Puerto Ricans from the Bronx the brothers from Brooklyn the white kids from Long oh, Island oh yeah um, a lot of egos on that oh plane. god bro and uh, he ends up going by rank basically he was like all right sergeants can have three beers corporals can have two these guys have... so then uh, you know we end up getting on a plane now we're on the plane now it's like all right and I mean we flew commercial. We were in 747, 757s, but you're like this, because you have like your pack, it's just shit show. And um, so I remember we, we we land in Kuwait, and when we land, they had like tents, but it was like a maze. Now, I'm, tw- I'm a sergeant, I'm 22, and I remember I go to my buddy, he was like a staff sergeant, and he was probably like 30. He'd been in Marine Corps 12 years, he's been in Somalia, he's been in some conflicts. So I go, yo, bro. I go, why, why are we walking through this stupid fucking maze? And he goes, that stupid fucking maze is so the snipers can't see you. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, okay. Oh, so now we're in it. It's real. Now All right. Oh, it's real. Um, because you never heard that before. No. It made Call of Duty or something, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, did you Google okay. Ku- Kuwait? Did you look to see what it's about? I don't like, even know. Did, if they, was there fucking Google in 2003? I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even know. Like, did, did you, so you had Yahoo. Yahoo was definitely around. You're going in <laughs> and you have no idea what to expect. No. Right? No, because I, I never deployed before. Yeah. So, and, and that story right there, well, this maze is protecting you from snipers. Right. That's a real thing. And who knows? Man. Maybe it's precautionary. Maybe it's real. They don't tell you, you know? And then you're given this card, a rules of engagement card. Basically, when you can shoot the enemy. So you're like, okay. What does it mean? Give me the gist of it. You know, uh, only it's a typical, like, you're a lawyer. It's a typical deadly physical force stuff, basically. You know, if the guy points a weapon at you, if you think, you know, because right now we're not in war yet. So the rules of engagement are like, you have to be fired upon. You know, I don't remember. I just remember it was green. I don't remember the exact words. Um, 
And then we, we end up going, we went to Camp Commando, which was outside Kuwait City. And the only time it hit me a little bit that I was like away from my family was my mother. Um, I didn't know, I couldn't find my sea bag. That's the big bag we have. My, my, my label like ripped off or something like that. And then the guy taped it to the other side. So I was like, I can't find my fucking bag. And then it was the one bag left. And I'm like, all right, cool, I got my bag. And my mother wrote on the bottom, God bless, love mom. And that's when I was like, oh, shit. All right. I was like, man, mom's upset. Mom's upset. But then for two months. Mom's nervous. For two months, we sat in fucking Kuwait, dude. Sweating our balls off. <laughs> did you think, you know, or did anybody else besides you that maybe had conversations that you guys, you know, like, I'm going to kill somebody. I might have to actually take a human life. Nah, nobody talked about it. Nobody talked about that? Did it ever go through your mind? No, you're a Marine, man. That's your fucking job. <laughs> you know, like, uh, if it comes to it. So, uh. That's a good point. You uh, so two months you're doing nothing. Yeah, I mean it's it was you know, I, and I remember it was so fucking hot <laughs> and then uh, and then all of a sudden uh, I'll never forget we went to, they had a chow hall right we could, we pretty much took over this old Kuwait military base and made it ours and uh, next door to us was Camp Rhino which was the army and uh, we go to the chow hall and uh, what's that the, the cafeteria the cafeteria you know with a fetus so at that point chow you said chow, yeah we call it chow okay. um, so at that point in the game I think I, even though I was a, 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 an S1 guy I was the midnight sergeant of the guard so I was basically like in police world I was the patrol sergeant on that tour so uh, you know I get we get up I, I think my shift started like I think I worked like uh, it was like 10 at night to like 6 in the morning so uh, I get up seven whatever i do at that at that point i was in shape in my life uh i go we go eat and i'm sitting with me and two of my corporals and they're like hey son cruzado i'm like what's up they're like yo man you ever think we'd be eating this good and and they were both reservists so like you know i knew the marine corps because i was active duty i was in the fleet as we call it so i'm like they gave a steak and lobster tail and i'm like dude i'm like i never been to war i don't know shit but i'm like the marine corps don't feed you like this and they're like, yeah, you're right, man. I don't know something's up. So uh, we end up going back. I do my overnight shift. And I think now it's March 19th, which is significant to me, too, because uh, I retired out of that firearms unit. The only two undercovers ever killed in the line of duty were March 19th, 2003. Jay and James were killed that day. And it's also the day that we went to war. And I remember uh, Jay and James getting killed because it was actually on the news and over there. They had like BBC News or whatever, yeah. and they said two New York City policemen killed in line of duty. And uh, little did I know that would end up being a major part of my life in my police career. But uh, I go eat breakfast. It's probably around nine o'clock in the morning. All the sergeants, we were in the back of the NCO tent, so we had our own bunk bed. So you had a top for your gear, the bottom where you slept. And I just showered, and I'm like, I'm like sitting on the edge of the bed, and I'm getting ready to go to sleep. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, yo, you hear that? And someone's like, yo, what are you talking about? And it, they, oh, I forgot the guy's name, but he was a cop. He was an NYPD cop. He was a reservist and activated. He's sitting across from me, and I'm like, yo, do you hear that? And he goes, dude, go to fucking bed. You've been up all night. I'm like, nah, man. You don't hear that? And he's like, dude, go to bed. I'm like, dude, that sounds like incoming. And three guys look at me, and they go, when the fuck have you ever heard incoming? And like a movie, the minute they say that, boom, everything fucking shakes, dude. Every the guy, two dudes got knocked off the bunk. We're like, holy shit, it's fucking incoming. Grab our rifles, gas man. Then all of a sudden they start screaming, gas, gas, gas. We had to put our gas mask on. 
And now, now I'm like, oh fuck me, we're in this. We're in this now. And that's how we know the war started. So, so, so tell me about that feeling when you. When, oh, when that sucked. Is it sucked, dude. I remember sitting there and I'm like, and I'm looking. So now every platoon had like a bunker they had to go to. So me being a, I was the platoon sergeant. I had to get in there and be like, all right, Kozo, check. You know, Salazar, check. Luhan, check. And I would get everyone's names. So I was missing two guys. So I'm like, fuck. So I tell my gunnery sergeant, and I'm like, hey, I'm missing two guys, whatever. So she's like, all right. She's like, hold up. Do it. All right. You go. She One female, one male we were missing. So she went to go look for the female. The male, he was coming. So now I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, I'm like, yo, get get your rifles ready. Because at this point, you, like you said, you watch these war movies, you're thinking they're going to overrun the base. Like, this is it, you know, hold the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're laughing, though. You're, you're joking about it. But what was yeah. it then? What was it then? Uh, was like, it laughing? No. Was <laughs> no. it serious? Like, it sucked. <laughs> did you, did, was there a time that you said this could be the last day of my life? What? No, you don't say that. Is it because of your training? I don't know. Have you ever had a near-death experience? Not like that. See, I've had a couple, and never once was I like, "Oh, time to meet the maker." Yeah, like, but you're. <laughs> but you. But this is what I'm. This is what I'm trying to get at. Is it because of your training? Well, I think your training becomes a mindset. Because even like in that's the police, what I mean. Like, like you know, if a natural person. If all of a sudden you put me in Kuwait, and I'm sitting there and I have no training, I haven't been to the Marine, you know, base, you know, the whole boot camp and everything like that the whole mindset yeah, and then all of a sudden in somebody else incoming and it's me and eric yeah. you know <laughs> right I i'm thinking shit this is it i'm gonna have to fight either kill somebody i gotta run i gotta do something i gotta get the hell out of here well that's the truth the truth is you're like fuck what what do we do next you know what what is going on so i think we were in, I, I i don't remember so and I, I don't ever want to be misquoted as telling a lie so but i feel like we were in our gas mask for a fucking couple of hours and I fucking hate that thing. And uh, and you see, man, what's your natural reaction? You got something on your face, right? And you scratch, can't, but you can't you can't breathe, right? You have a mask on, you can't breathe. What do you want to do? Take it off. And this fucking guy, and I, I saw one of my guys, and I'm like, don't you fucking dare, dude! And he's like, I can't take it. I'm like, dude, if there's fucking chemicals in the air and you do that, you're gonna fucking die. Like, how long were you there for? Um. I got there in January. I think I came home in June. Six months. Six months. Yep. Did you ever have to shoot at anyone? No. Never? No. Nope. We ever fired upon? Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got, we our camp got mortared and missiled. I think it was like 13, 14 times. Did you ever see any of your, you know, troop members or anything like that die? Uh, yeah, I saw dead bodies. Yeah, you did? So, yeah. How does that, you know, seeing it that sucks. for the first time? When you, it sucks. Because what happened, so we had guys, so we would go on convoys and stuff like that. But, you know, again, the, the infantry guys, they were, they were, they were fucking, first of all, the war was quick when, when we were there. Like, you know, I think we did the invasion. Remember, it didn't pipe up for like a year after that. Remember, George Bush came, said we won in like four yeah. days, and it was Desert Storm Part 2. You know, we went there, we kicked ass and all that. Um... And yeah, I mean, we went, I think it was LSA Viper. We had to go, and I had, I had two Marines up there, and we went, and we stayed with them for like two nights. And uh, yeah, that, that was the processing center for the for the dead military members. Was there like, you know, canines there? Did you have like a unit that would, like, just give me like a de couple of details of how. No, this was in the field. So if I remember correctly, it was, you know, the bodies would come in, and, and you know, you basically, my guy's job was to log them into the computer, you know, with the dog tags. And then from there, they go here to here, you know, and it is, it's actually um, a pretty like, in-depth process with that. Like, uh, there's actually uh, military members that their soul, that their job, it's like a detail, I believe, that they prepare the bodies for, like, the funeral, the would uniforms, you, everything. Would you, as a, as a Marine, would it be 
What was worse for you? Would it be dying? You know, obviously the worst, but whatever. Or having to come back and say you lost both your legs or something like that. You know I what? mean, that would be really something to I, me. I, that would... I can't answer that because I, I wouldn't want to give like a, a disservice or disrespect to guys that are here with no legs. Because if you ask one of them, they probably would say that they're glad they didn't die. They yeah, probably want, obviously. They, they obviously. probably wanted to die in the beginning. You know what I mean? I mean, the one thing that, that like specifically the Bush administration did and then Trump... Um, and I, I don't. I, I, I'm sure Obama wasn't horrible either with it. Um, it just wasn't out there as much. They really did take care of the guys coming back. I think from Iraq and Afghanistan, do you, as opposed to Vietnam. Looking back, do you think that we should have been there? Do you think that it was a mistake? What do you think? You know, hey, you being there, or was it just, hey, listen, I got called. I was a 22 year old kid. I didn't give a fuck. I was there to do because I was told to be there. I got out, and here I am. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm. You know, this this is something I wanted to bring up later on the show. Like th these people on the internet, everyone thinks I know everything. Like I was a 22 year old kid. Who am I to say if we should be there or not? I don't know what these people at uh, in DC knew, but you know what they they knew enough that everyone now talks shit about. Oh, we didn't. The Democrats, the Republicans, everyone voted for that fucking war. So they can all sit here now and say, oh, was it better? We shouldn't have been there. The only guy I think from day one that said we shouldn't have been there, and still says to this day, was President Trump. It's President Trump. I, I mean, he wasn't a politician then, but he's the only guy, if I recall, from day one, that said we don't, we shouldn't be there. When you when you got deployed over to Kuwait, you said you had eighteen months, so you're there for almost around six months. You get take, you get sent back, right? Yeah, and then I have a year left. You have a year left. So was it as soon as you left the military? As soon as your time was up, did you leave? Did you even think about maybe enlisting more, or did you say, nope. I'm out? I was discharged June 18th. I went to the police academy July 1st. Oh, so it was two weeks. 12 days. 12 days. I had terminal leave, so I was off, you know, for like a uh, couple months. But it's funny. So my, my brother at the time, my brother was in the Marine Corps at the time. Uh, he was a reservist in that unit. And, um, you know, I got out, and everyone couldn't believe I got out. I, was, I can't believe Cruzado's getting out, man. Like, you know, he's a lifer. He's going to be, he was going to be a drill instructor. He's going to be that. So I went on terminal leave on my birthday. So May 10th, I go on terminal, which is, you know, I'm running my, running my vacation time until I'm done. So I went back to Francesco's, actually. <laughs> After the military. Only, you know, what is it? I, I had two months for the academy. Yeah, why not? You make a couple of cash, well, they, make some cash. Right, and I, and I was still getting paid from the military until June 18th. So from May 10th to June 18th, I'm still getting paid by the military. And then... Um, they told me, the police came they're like, listen, I'm going to be ju uh, a July or August 1st class. So I called Frankie Francesco's, and I'm like, hey, man. And he goes, yeah, yeah, come in. You know, I, so I think I got like uh, two nights up front in the pizza pizzeria and then two, ni two nights in the uh, kitchen. And I think he was giving me like, again, all four. It's like 20, $25 an hour, which was fucked up because I made more there than I did as a fucking rookie cop. And uh, it's different, too, that she... As kids coming right out of high school or not having any of that, you know, military experience to be a cop, that's one thing, like the nervousness, I'm a cop, I have to hit the streets, you're scared. But here you are, you're in Kuwait, you're seeing people dying, you were in the Marines, right? So you were really prepared to be a cop. cop being a cop was almost as a, a step down. No, see, man, this is a thing I get into with people, like, uh, you can't compare the two. But what I was getting with the pizzeria thing real quick was, another guy from the unit lived out in Long Island. <coughs> and he came into the pizzeria and he saw me <coughs> saw me flipping a pizza and uh he goes back and sees my brother and he goes yeah what's wrong with your brother and my brother goes what joey he goes yeah he goes what, what's wrong with him he goes can't believe a guy in the marine corps to make pizzas and it was the day i got called for the academy so my brother my brother looks at my brother and goes he ain't flipping pizzas you asshole he's going to the police academy and that's when like as an adult <coughs> 
that was one of the first times I realized that no matter what you do in life, people are going to fucking judge you. They're going to have fucking something to say. And, and, and there's more people hate on you than, than root for you. Yeah, 100%. You know? that's and that's the God honest truth. You know what it is? It, it's scary. You know, it's, it's actually sad because you look, especially like the internet today, you see Twitter, it's such a cesspool of hate. I think the internet... It's destroyed society. It's a, it's a, it has, and here's why. And, and it's funny. I was I thought about this the whole ride over here from my house. Is it makes not tough guys think they're tough guys? Because like someone can listen to your show today from I don't know Nebraska and not like you and me, right? And say, oh, look at that half guinea and guinea fuck from New York, right? And call us all oh, these short mother, and they, they can go in on us knowing there's no recourse. Like we're not gonna go out to Nebraska to kick the shit out of this guy. We're not gonna, and that's with the internet. It's just it's just become like you said the cesspool of. I mean, I, I thought negativity, of, right? Like look, look at Yelp. Cesspool. Look at of, Yelp. Yelp is a, a great example, and and th this one worked in like you know for me I, I laughed about it, but it was wrong. There was a restaurant in uh, some state. Um, three uniform cops walk in to eat lunch. Right, so you should be fucking happy that you have three cops in your restaurant. It's not gonna get robbed with three cops in it, right? Um, and the manager comes up and says, "Hey, you're making the customers feel uncomfortable. We 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 prefer you don't eat here." Where was this? I, if you, it was only in the news like a what week or so what ago. What state was it? I don't know the state. I, okay. I want I want you know I, I, uh, I don't know. It was on the news like last week. So what happened? The the community that supports police, they all went on Yelp and gave a bunch of one star reviews. All the cops gave a one-star review. All the cops' wives gave, and it destroyed the business. Destroyed the business. And now you look at it twofold. It's like, how the hell can an app destroy a business? When you think about that, like people knew that these people would just go in there and give them one stars and talking shit because they didn't serve the police, and it still destroyed a business. Think about this. So you see what the internet, and this is my opinion. So you see the internet today. You see how social media is. It's a cesspool. People being negative. People going on there. You could ruin people's lives. You could do whatever. It's a whole world of negativity. I really think that it has destroyed the relationships. I think it's divided people even more. The racism is even at a heightened level. Because no, you could say things with no recourse. Like, yeah. Right. Like you're you not going to get punched in the face. And it <laughs> goes out into the ether and it stays there. But you know what these kids are going to learn? And I, you know, my son's 16 and, and I had to have a talk with him. The other, and he's, he's a pretty good kid. He actually reminds me a lot of like the North Babylon kids that I grew up with. Like, you know, he gets in trouble here and there, but he's respectful and he's, I'd like to think he's raised right. And, uh, by the way, a big shout out to uh, Robert Montefusco on uh, my son. And, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I had to have a talk with him. And I'm like, dude, you know, you got things in your life now that you have to deal with that I don't, that I never did at your age. And, and but he, this is, this. so let me make the point here, what I, what I think. This is just the beginning. See, I think it's gonna, I think, I think there's gonna be major government um, regulation on social media. I, I don't think that because right now you have people who are loving it, like say the Democratic Party, loving that they're censoring just a certain type of person, like what they did with Hunter Biden. Yeah, but that laptop. pendulum's going to swing back, bro. <laughs> you think, but not the people that own it. The people that own Twitter, the people that own Google, the people that own Facebook. Yeah, but that's where the government's going to come in and make regulation. Yeah, but they, but they're but they're in favor of the of, of the Democrats, and you think that these Republicans are going to come on and do it? They're all in bed with each other. No, I know they're all assholes. But here's but, the thing: what I think is going to get even worse. Right now, you have it as you're just typing and you're leaving. You're just doing like you know what I mean, and and you're searching and and you have the feed that comes. 
Think about what's going to happen in 10 years from now when it's going to be, you take social media, you take the cesspool that it's in, and you put it into the virtual world. Ah, that's, it's scary, man. <laughs> but you don't see, you, me, we don't really look into that yet because it's not there. Just like we couldn't really determine when you first saw MySpace. I you didn't know what yeah. MySpace was going to turn yeah, into. Try to get, hook up with chicks on MySpace. Yeah, that's you it. didn't know that Facebook when it was, remember when it would start out and say, tell everybody what you're doing. Joe right now is feeling bad. Or right, Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. You it was know, a drop menu. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Drop. Or Joe is doing this. And it was just that. That's what you had right, no right. idea <laughs> that it was going to turn into what it is today. We have, we still can't even grasp the concept of getting on this oculus style headset and going into this virtual world and now people you think people were able all right now are having this these internet muscles so to speak with no ramifications think about now that you can make yourself look totally different you can be totally different and oh, you're yeah. going to go into this world this virtual world and it's going to be even worse our kids are going to have the headsets on all day long people will have the headset because it's it's an escape from reality you can now actually not only can you just type and be somebody that you're not because you don't name ram yeah. ramifications now you're physically going to look Right, somebody different yeah. in this virtual world and it's going to be different i'm hearing i saw i saw some article that people are actually buying virtual land eric is that something that i'm making up you buy virtual land uh, i haven't seen that but it could be people are that stupid yeah, your mic's not on. i don't hear your mic on at all people are that dumb i could see that to buy virtual because my thought process is virtual land would be infinite Right. Like, it's not like, oh, you, you know, there's limited space out here in virtual world. Well, if they're buying it, I want to be a real estate agent yeah, in yeah, virtual right? land. But, but I'm saying, though, think about the lifestyle that's going to be that when people are wearing, like, because I'm right now on Instagram, and you just start searching, you're scrolling, and you'll see an advertisement that the Oculus headset, may, you know, owned by Facebook, people are working out with, this, with the headset on because they're virtually doing yoga. They're virtually I know, doing it's ridiculous. workouts. I, I don't that, get it. It's just the beginning. You're probably right. It's just the beginning. I don't know enough about it to, to Nobody argue does. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Nobody does. But think about... See, the reason why I'm bringing it up is because you said your son and the life that he's going to be brought up into, right? Think about the kids that are being born today, right now, like, you know, the past month, this past year. What? How this virtual world is going to consist of, okay? Because... We were talking about how great it was in 1999 when there was no cell phone, there was no real connect. If you had a VCR, connection. if you had a DVD player, you were like a pimp in 99. But you were a pimp, <laughs> but think about how big the world seemed back then. Because we weren't all connected. You wanted to go right. out and hang out, you knocked on somebody's door. Can can Joe come out? You're right. Can Joe yeah, you do look something? For the, you look for the bikes in the driveway. Yeah, or remember now, think about the difference now. Right, because it happens all the time now for you. Think about the difference of when the phone rang in your house in 1990. Oh yeah, it's like Sebastian Maniscalco knocking right? on the door. Yeah, like, like somebody. So I got it. I got. It. I remember yeah. before there was caller ID or anything like that. The phone would ring. And I'd be like, I got it. I got yeah. it. I, hello. Because you couldn't wait to hear somebody new, somebody right. different in your house. Who's? But you weren't even allowed to. Remember, like I know, like with my house, like you couldn't even use the phone after a certain time. Or yeah. Or like I explained to my son, and uh, and what I was saying was like I told him basically in the nutshell. I told him was like, dude, everything you put on the internet, it's fucking there forever. Forever. So I'm like. I don't have to worry about that growing up. I go, you do. I go, so you know what, man? When you when you call some dude a punk bitch in school, because all these kids talk shit to each other, and I'm like, in ten years, that punk bitch can be 
Used against you if you want to be a cop. Conveyed that you really meant you meant this, even though you didn't. And I'm going to be used against you. Yes. You know, f- forever. But I was breaking his balls, and I said to him, I said, you know, man, when I was your age, if I wanted to talk to a girl, I had to call her house. Call her house? And, and her father or her brother would answer the phone. And you'd be like, hello, Mr. Kozo, it's Joe. Can I please speak to... Melissa? You know, right. And he, Can I speak to Michelle? And then what would the father do? Joe who? How do, you, how, do you, how do you know my... And you're like, yes, sir. Hold on one second. But you know what? It, it, you know, it, you think about it, it taught our generation respect. It taught our generation respect. You have no choice. Also, but it also taught you how to be a human. Interact. Interact with people. Remember this? How about this? I'm on the phone right now. She's got to call you back. Yeah. Now what do you do? Okay. The phone hangs up. Now you're waiting, you're waiting for the person. Because think about the difference of today. All you had to do is now is take your cell phone like, hey, what are you doing? Right. Texting. Especially right? if she was hot, Face-timing. man. You wait by that phone for hours. Hours. <laughs> or how about when the mother would say, she's at the mall right now. I'll let her know when she comes home that you called. At the mall, she could be gone for four hours, hours five hours. Remember in high could... school, you used to write notes and pass them to the, yes. the, the girls? <laughs> going to, in, in, in between classes. You slip them in their locker. Yes. Like, it, was Those... a, it was crazy. But now just take that what we have now with texting and think about now say the virtual world that all of a sudden who knows because now I don't know about you when FaceTime first came out it was so embarrassed I don't FaceTime see you don't yet no, you I don't. don't. No, no, why yeah, don't, I don't you? Why don't you? I just, it's, I don't, if I, if I want to see, see you, yourself on a screen. No, I don't want to see myself on your screen either. I but. know, but is that what it is though? Is that you don't want to see yourself? No, on the it's, screen? it's. I'm not with you. I, I, I'm with, I'm with the person I'm with. I'm not taking away whoever it is. No, I'd, but what I'm saying though is, so you'll talk to somebody on the phone, but you won't FaceTime them? I, I don't even like talking on the phone. I probably do everything via text. Every, that's even worse. I know, but I don't. You, you're making, you're dehumanizing even worse. Yeah, I you, don't. Yeah, think about that I now. Mean, so, I, you know, I can't even say that, because you know what, I, when I drive to work, when I was a PD or even in my new job, like, I'm on the phone probably the whole way there and back, you know, either with my brother or. Yeah, you're talking though, you're talking yeah. Bluetooth, you're in the car, you're right, not saying right. anything. But, but I don't. But think about what the virtual world is going to do. You can have an avatar. It's not even maybe even look like you, right? And you're going to go in. You're going to be able to go into a bar. You're going to meet other people. Even maybe it does look like you. You're going to be able to meet other people, this meta universe. This is what's going to happen here. It's unreal. I hope it doesn't. But it, no, it is no changing. There's no way that it's so not. So I could sit in my living room. Me and you right now could throw these things here on in your studio. And go to Napatandis. Go to Bennigan's. Bennigan's, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Go to Bennigan's and meet people And be drinking at the bar. Yes. You want to, if you're a single guy. That's like Tinder Plus, dude. Yes, you're a single guy and you want to go into the singles joint, it's the person you guys now meet. Bam, right, here come we over. are. Yeah. This is what I look like. This is who I am. This is what it is. And now here's the thing. You could be this make-believe person. The personality's not even real. Who knows? Yeah, you could know. be it's... so much different than what it is. And now, what's the same? Well, I hope, I hope that it, that happens long after I leave this earth. Every, it's it not, gets, though. That it gets that far. No That's way. That's crazy. Why, well, first of all, let me ask you, why wouldn't you want to see that? Because I want to go to the fucking bar. I don't, I don't want to sit in my living Do room. Do you at 40 years old want to go to the bar? I go to the bar, my friend. You want to go to the bar? I still I, go to the bar. I don't want to go out and see anybody. I go watch the Ranger game or I go to I, cigar, I don't I go to cigar Lounge. I like going out, man. I always say, man, like one of my favorite places in the world is Cigar Lounge. What do you do? Because so, you're there with the guys. Everybody's well, smoking a cigar. Every, everybody, I mean, I, I've, had, I've had some great conversations in cigar lounges. You could, um, it's like the barbershop, you know? You don't know. I don't know you. You don't know me. You don't know my political views. I don't know your background. You could be a felon. I could be a felon. You could be a cop. And everyone just talks. You watch the game. 
What's your? Uh, give a shout out to your favorite cigar lounge. The one I've been going to a lot is uh, just opened up at uh, in Bohemia, Long Island Cigars. So you'll drive good. all the way to Bohemia. I live in Holtzville. It's, okay, so it's not that far. <laughs> so you drive there, and what do you do? You sit down, you have a cigar. It's BYOB. It's BYOB. So you walk in with your bottle or your your six pack. You go in, you buy a cigar, you sit down. Psh, that's it. It's yeah. a pretty good thing. That's a it's fucking bad. great the thing. Stank. Stench. Ah, fucking guy. <laughs> I can't stand that. But I smell. smoke a lot in my backyard, or like I'm actually, uh, uh, I actually want to start my own podcast in the spring. We'll talk about that later. I'm actually my uh, my shed. I'm converting it to a, a man cave, cigar lounge, whatever. And so I, you want to have your your boys come back there. Right. You guys smoke. You guys yeah. are hanging out. You got the TV. Obviously, if it's nice out, we smoke outside. But yeah, um, and I, my my wife's like I tell my wife that yeah, I could be my uh, my studio. Tell me so so l l tell me about your your life now. You so you were a cop for a while. You were a cop how many years? 17. 17 years. You just retired, right? Yep. One of the reasons I, I remember talking to you maybe off, you know, we were te texting. Yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> texting or whatnot. Oh, and, come on, and, I text you cuz if I called you you'd be like, "What the fuck is this guy doing calling? What's he want?" <laughs> no, no, but I'm saying, but I'm a FaceTime guy now. I'll uh, FaceTime anybody. I like really? FaceTime. Yeah, I love FaceTime. I was embarrassed at first cuz I was like, "Oh my god, this is what I look like." I look like fucking this. This is what people see. See, with my twisted sense of humor between my occupations, I just, FaceTime, I mean, I'll FaceTime you, dude. I'll fucking just have like a sock on. Hey, Joe, what's up? Like, I could see, like, you don't go down that rabbit hole pulling pranks on your friends? No, no. We, we see, FaceTime. I'm immature, man. My wife thinks I'm like the most immature thing in, in the world. The FaceTime to me, but see, to you, it's still different. Once you start doing something, uh, like you, get, you get yeah. it. It's like everything else. You don't yeah. care anymore. But... I remember us texting and you saying, I can't believe what the Blasio was doing. They ended your unit, right? Or something. Well, what it was happened my, my old time? unit. Yeah. So, so, if, so what year? Where, where are we now? Tell me. So, when did they. You love being a cop? I loved it. You loved I it? I loved it. I, I still, I'd I be lying. Uh, I still miss it sometimes. Uh, but it's a chapter that's gone in my life. I did it. I had an absolute fucking. Did you ever shoot anybody? Yes. You did? Yes. You ever kill anyone? Yes. How does that feel? I, I don't know, man. I don't want to sound cold, but I mean, it's just he pointed a gun at me, you know. So I mean, uh, what are you going to do? Tell me about that. So I was. What year is this? Two thousand nine. And I guess, yeah, I guess we could speak about it because all litigation and everything is over. Um, I was in the gang unit. Um, it's weird how how shit happens too, man. I guess. So my son, oh nine, he was four. He, yeah, just turned four. He was in preschool, and. Uh, we usually worked, uh, we we were doing a major case, we were doing a wiretap investigation into these Crips. And uh, my my two partners, they went in, uh, the guys that we were investigating actually killed somebody the night before. So we, we end up getting with the DA and the detectives and, and they developed probable cause to go out and make, make uh, arrest. So, but I had my son's, uh, he had a birthday party. So I talked to the sergeant, the sergeant's like, all right, he goes, you know, um, I don't wanna say their names because they're still active. Uh, police officers so uh, you know partner one or partner two they're gonna come in and they'll start they're gonna go out and start looking for these guys now and he goes uh, Joe you and Ray Ray's retired he goes you and Ray come in after your kids birthday party and anybody they don't get or we still gotta look then you know at least we'll look for them at night something comes over the wiretaps you can go do your thing alright cool no doubt so we end up getting in at like 6 now, 6 in the morning or 6 at night 6, 7 at night I think it might have been even been 7 at night we got in so um my two, our two partners, they were in at like eight in the morning. So we had, uh, I think we had one guy we were looking for. So they're like, hey, we'll stick around. You know, they were on overtime. And uh, they're like, yo, we'll stick around. So we're like, all right. 
You loved it, didn't you? Oh, I loved it, man. Yeah, I could tell. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We end up... Uh, I had a very good career because I did really, really cool shit, bro. Like, not every cop has the opportunity had the opportunities that I had. And, I mean, I had a fucking ball. And... Uh, my wife used to say it all the time. She goes, you don't need to have a guy's night because every day at work is your guy's I night. I can tell just by you saying this. And, I uh, might even have gotten mad that they're going to go out and get the guys first and you have to come at 6 o'clock. Oh, that, that came up. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's, and, uh, <laughs> that was the first thing I said to myself. Like, you I said, motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah and, uh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, man. We would have go we would have competitions among cars and it was a good time. Man. Yeah. And uh, so we go and they're, they we all go eat. That's always the first thing you do when you get in because you don't know when you're going to eat next. So they eat with us, and then we're like, ah, you know, let's fucking tool around. Let's look, let's uh, let's let's look, uh, you know, do one or two more laps looking for these. I forgot the guy's name. We're looking for. We end up we end up getting them. Think about this life. Uh, Just hold on a second. Think about this life. Some people have to go to work, and they're bad. They're picking up bags. They're they're busting their ass. It's the life you chose, pal. Listen, they're breaking their backs. They're doing whatever. And here you are. You get your first first thing is let's get a little something to eat. Let's get a little well, bit of tea. Mind, this uh, is, this is, I'm oh, not, shut the fuck up. No, no, I'm not up. a patrol. Go, go. If I was a patrol cop, it wouldn't work like that. I, I'm an investigative It, it don't matter. Yeah. Whatever you This is your job. So oh, that's my job. Right. So we're going to get something to eat, <laughs> right? Get a cup of coffee. I don't think I was drinking coffee yet at that time. So whatever. But whatever. Right, I would drink like four Red Bulls a day, dude. A Red Bull. Okay, even and my wife's worse. the one. Now all I do is drink my coffee. Like yeah. My wife said, you're not yeti. drinking. Yeti. <laughs> retirement yeti. Oh, bro. I got a yeti for everything. So so you drive. And now the thing is, is let's just drive around. Do a couple of laps of Franny Lewis Boulevard or whatever the oh, hell we were. Right? Far Rockaway, man. Far Beach Rockaway, Drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, do a little couple of laps. Let's see if we can get this guy. You, with your partner, you guys are talking about whatever. No, we actually end up going four in the car because I think we had something happened with our car that the bumper was falling off. And we're like, I'm not driving this thing around looking for, for perps with a fucking bumper. So we jump. We had a Dodge Charger. We all jumped in the Dodge Charger. And I remember I drove. Because the one of the guy, there are two guys that were there all day. I'm like, yeah, I'll drive. You know, I, I was usually the wheel man anyway. How is it driving with three other cops in a car? You know, you could drive through. Dude, you could, you could you do, could do it. it nah, you don't give a shit about that though. But you could do a sitcom, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, if 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 like we could get it, man, we'd be rich. Yeah. If you could put a fucking uh, what a was cam, that? Those little, uh, the GoPros or whatever. Yeah, but what was the show? They had Taxi Cab Confessions on HBO. Yeah, you yeah. do like police car confessions, and uh, dude, I'm telling you, man, like we, it's like. Who's in the barrel that day? You know, like who's uh, oh Kozo, you fuck, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone ragging on bro, you, bro. The whole and oh my god, dude, the whole day, man. And and I'd be like, yeah, all right, go, Chris. Oh, oh, let me guess, I'm short, guys. Yeah, I'm chubby. Fuck <laughs> you, you know. And like, you just been going, go. And um, I remember we go and we're like, ah, the night's dead. And uh, my one partner now it's like I think ten thirty, eleven. My one partner's like, yo, I'm rapping it, man. And I think. The wiretap room was like, yo, nothing's going on. I said, yo, we'll do one more lap and call it. It's dead out. What can happen? Fucking famous last words, dude. <laughs> we go. We loop around. We're at a light. And uh, there's a park, Bayswater Park. And uh, we see two guys pop out of it. And we look. Now, behind there was the 40 Projects. And what, what the bad guys would do is they'd walk down this, like, dark road into the park and pop out on the main What part road. of the city are you in? Far Rockaway, Queens. Okay. And they would pop out on the Beach Channel Drive. So we, we look and we're like, okay, and we're in a gang unit. And like I, right away, I, I saw one kid, and you know, I, I'm not going to say his name, but I knew who he, I knew who he was. And I said to my partner, "Yo, that's you know Joe Cozo." So now in New York City, you can't come, you can't be in the park after nine o'clock at night. So it's a good stop for us from from a legal perspective. You you being a former prosecutor and defense attorney now, um, we're like, all right, we have a reason to at least stop them, you know. 
Um, and this is why I hate that term, stop, question, and frisk, because it's not. It's stop, question, and possibly frisk. And uh, so now they get to the double yellow lines in the street, and then we're at the light, and we're just watching, because we're like, oh, let them get away from the park, because they're dirty, they're going to run into the fucking park. I don't want to run into the park. And they turn around, and they wave a guy out. And now we start laughing, because we know what it is. What is it, a buy? That's the guy with the gun. We oh. know it. All the four of us in that car had. Why is it? I, I, for me, not I being a cop, I, I don't think. I, I thought that guy's calling him cop, in to do a buy. There, there are cops that don't even know that. I mean, it, there's you know when when you're in the the gun game or whatever. If if you know, every cop has their niche. There's I know cops that literally broke and look at a car and be like that car stolen. And I'm like, what the fuck do you see that I don't? And some of us can drive down the street and be like, yo, I think that guy in the yellow hoodie has a gun on him. You know, just everyone has their niche. I know guys see hand to hand drug deals four blocks away, and you're like, dude, those are just two friends that gave each other five. And it's like, nope, they just sold a bag of crack, you know. And uh, so we're, we're kind of like laughing, like, oh, all right, good. Hey, we'll, we'll get on for the night. You know, we're going to have a collar, gun collar. So we would call the wave them over. They get to the street. Now I'm in a Dodge Charger unmarked. We got the Yankee fitters on. No one knows who we are. We go, we loop around. They know who we are, but we're, we're driving fast enough that if they look, they just see like a, a hat, you know. I, I bust the Yui, come down, we pull up. Yo, police. They all take off. So my three partners all jump out of the car. Um, my one partner, you actually know my one partner. He went to Deer Park. And uh, he he grabs two, the two dudes like right away, puts them on the ground. And he's like, yo, go, go, go. And I hear my, old, my my partner, Ray, scream, drop the gun, drop the gun. And I'm like, oh, shit. So I, I whip the car around. I come around. Like, now with, like he's on foot behind the, the buildings. You talk about the, the perp? Yeah. He's like running behind the buildings kind of. It's like a it's a commercial supermarket, like a, ro- a, a row of stores. Like a, like a, like here, like actually what we're in right now, like this this shopping center. Yeah, I just, just a little bit longer with a supermarket. And he runs around the back of it, but there was a street back there. So now I'm going, I'm driving next to him, and I'm pointing my gun at him. I go, Yo, drop the fucking gun. And he's looking at me. So he's on foot, and you're still in the, I'm car, in the car driving. But my two partners are chasing him on foot. Okay. And I'm telling him, Yo, drop the fucking gun, dude. And he's looking at me. That's a little risky, but I'm you. like, No, my gun's out. Like, I'm fucking, I'm ready. Okay. And I'm like, dr- I'm like this. I'm like, Drop the gun, drop the gun. And he's just looking at me, dude, running. And he's a heavy, like, he looked like a, a fullback, this kid. But you could see him running with the gun. He had the fucking gun right in his hand like this, man. Yeah, okay. And uh, and I'm seeing him like play with it. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I'm like, drop the gun, drop the gun. So then he gets to the corner. So now I knew my partner was in the parking lot. And I was like, fuck, I can't let him get to the parking lot. Because what if my partner's back is towards him? And now this guy looks at it like, I shoot this cop and I'm, I'm home free into the PJs. Because I didn't know who this kid was. I never saw him before. Um... Maybe I stopped him before once, but I didn't know him like the other the other dudes. So um, I take the corner and like I cut the street off. I jump out and I put. I'm like get on the ground, and he comes around. And he goes to run down a driveway, and I think there was like a fucking dumpster, commercial dumpster there. And then my two partners come around the bend and we're like get on the ground, drop the gun, and he turns and he just points the gun at us, and then that was it. We shot, and then. Uh, you know he falls, and uh, how many shots were? How many shots hit uh, him? Eleven. Eleven shots. We fired fifteen between the three of us. We hit him eleven times, and then uh, 
I remember we run up, and I'm like, fuck. And I, I remember I said to him, like, why didn't you drop the fucking gun, dude? You know, wasn't dead yet? No. Everybody thinks that cops like, like fuck it. I'm like, why didn't you drop the fucking gun? Like, well, like you, if, we didn't have this. Like, why have the fuck did you make me do this, yeah. dude? We would put the uh, handcuffs on you, and you would have been right. hot, and then you would have been. And that team that I was in, man, I mean, we made, we took hundreds of guns off the street with no shots fired. And it was like. Like, it was almost to the point where it was like, who the fuck are you to make me fucking shoot you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who are you? Like, Because now I got to live with I think this. he was like 19, too. You know? And it's like, who the fuck are you, man? I've locked up better motherfuckers than you with guns. You know? And and, and th you're the one that makes me fucking do this? And uh, I remember he put his hand up, and he went, you got me. And I saw one bullet hole, and it's like, I saw like the blood. And I went, fuck, man, we missed him. <laughs> And it was almost like half a sense of relief, but half like, damn, we suck. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then uh, I think when he put his hand on my partner, cuffed him. He threw, a, you know, we cuffed him. How is this guy alive with eleven and, shots? Oh no, him? he he was. He, he, that was about it. After that, he like we rolled him over, and then you just saw all the holes, and that was it. How did that make you feel? That don't point guns at the police. You got, you got to have, as a cop or whatever, like, you have to have a strong standpoint. And, and this is, I mean, we and we can go on tons of um, conversations with different uh, incidents. When it's right, it's right. When it's wrong, it's wrong. What about what about God? God wasn't there. But what about God, you having to, to meet your maker? You believe in God? I believe in God, but I'm not a very religious guy. You so. don't think that when you die that you're going to have to face God and answer for anything that you did wrong? Shit, man, I'm gonna be in that chair for a while. But uh No, but I'm asking, I'm being honest with you. Well, I would tell him well, God, you put me in that spot. You put us in that spot. So it was your intention for one of the four of us not to make it out that day. Okay. I understand what right? you're saying. If, if we look at God as the Almighty and the All Maker, well he he did that. He put you in there and if it wasn't and if it wasn't because it wasn't, God gave you the ability right. to react first, right. then it would have been you. Right. And I mean listen, dead. the the you know I don't like calling him a kid because he's not a kid, but he is a kid. He's 19, I think he was. He was a bad fucking guy. I mean, when you when you uh, pull up his record, I think he, uh, at 15, he like fucking robbed a dude and then shot him. Did like a year in juvie, got out at like 16, robbed and stabbed somebody. He was so, a bad so, guy. So this is the, this is something that I want to talk to you but about. But the now. paper said he had no record because it was all juvenile. It was oh, it was, all, it was all sealed. So they say right. he's YO and they don't That's even why know. I fucking hate the media. And I'm yeah. sure you saw the article written about me. I didn't like, you know, that's why I hate the fucking media. Yeah, because because when you're YO like that, they don't say anything and, right. and it's not it doesn't come up in public record. The right. only people that are going to know it are the NYPD and the district attorney's and office. And the parents. And and but the media guys know it. And, yeah. and they could say, "Oh, he had a checkered past." You know, they have no integrity. In the way they write their fucking stories. That's why I, I don't have. I, I'm, I'm decently cool at one. Uh, ironically, a New York Times reporter. Um, he's pretty decent. Like I read his articles and like he try like he would try to get info from me about the police department and I'm like I'm not telling you. Anything. Do you have to? Uh, you got to make sure you guys, you guys get your stories straight. So now here you are, the four of you, right? You guys fired at this guy, and I'm not saying that you did anything that was wrongdoing at the time, but you got to now make sure. Well, you hey, get listen because somebody's dead. Well, you get so interviewed later on, right? You know, from the DA's office stuff, but there's no story getting together. I mean, it's it's the the truth is the truth, you know. Yeah. And ironically, in '09, you know, if that happened today, that's what I'm saying. So there would have been cameras on every street corner, building and corner, and there were no cameras then. Oh, so talk to me about that, right? Now you have cameras everywhere. I'm for it, man. 
A hundred percent. For listen, when the body camera thing, like, and and I would get into arguments with guys, like when when you know when they they forced the body cameras on us in the city. I didn't have to wear them because I was in an undercover gun unit uh, with the ATF. So any investigative units that have undercovers, they, they we didn't have to have them. But guys are like, oh, this fucking bullshit. Um, and I go, I finally I talked to one guy and I go, what the fuck do you do that you don't want on camera? I know what kind of cop you are, dude. You do nothing. <laughs> so, so. What, what what is the camera going to do to hurt you? And but it looks. Why, but what about what about now? Just privacy in general as a as a as a citizen. Yeah, but I don't. They don't. Um. You know, you you're on camera everywhere you go. You, you're being uh, videotaped. Well, Every single thing that you do, you're being videotaped. You want to have you know, you know, make out with well, a girl. It's open. It's open. Well, don't make out in public. It's uh. It's. You're okay with that. You're okay with it yeah. in general. I listen. If I own a store, and I want to. Put a camera up in front of my store to make sure it doesn't get burglarized. In a time where even you having video of them doing it, they're not going to jail anyway. <laughs> so, so maybe you can get some restitution out of it. So there, so that's that's something that you're thinking. You're saying that is great for society, great for the community, having the cameras there. And now, within reason, yeah. That, you know, that's the difference between say, you know, 15, 10, 15 years ago, and then today. Yeah, I thought you meant so, more body cameras for the cops, but. I mean, I, you know, I have a Nest doorbell and all. I have care, no, no, you know, I understand it, and and, and and after hearing you explain it, I actually agree with you with it too, at, at, at to some degree. But that unit now is gone. The undercover unit is gone, right? No. So anti crime. So I was an anti. That shooting was in the gang squad. I was an anti crime cop in, in my precinct, the one hundred and one, when I was a cop there, and then I was an anti crime sergeant in the seventy nine precinct in Bed Stuy. Um, they disbanded anti crime. That not was, undercover though. No, that was plain clothes. Plain clothes. But I'm saying, is there still plain clothes today? Uh, just like I think narcotics and uh, like uh, firearm investigations unit. So what was the unit that they actually took away from you? And they didn't. No, I was out of it already. You were out of it, okay. right? But they disbanded anti crime, and then they actually. Uh, and what is that? What? What? Why would they do that? What? Are they, what's their uh, reason? Commissioner Shea said it was uh, the the rumor mill was. Um, that the anti-crime guys were forgetting to turn their body cameras on. And the DAs all got together and came out and said, the next anti-crime guy that doesn't turn on his body camera, we're going to lock him up. And Shea said, well, fuck you, you're not locking my guys up, then I'm just going to get rid of the whole unit. That's why. I, that's one. That's that's the folklore from 1PP. You know, probably, it's probably a mixture of that with de Blasio saying, I mean, the, the guy ruined the city, man. I mean, it, I, I can't name one good thing he did. Tell me, tell me why do you think that? Have you so been? You have, so, we, so no, I have. Have you been to the city lately? Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> we used to go into the city. I see this all the time, you know, on my show. I, you know, read in myself. We would go into the city every weekend. We'd go there in the morning. We would try to find a new restaurant to go to. Yeah, go eat. have lunch. Maybe see a show. Go to Central Park, Times Square. We take the city bikes, which and we just explore the oh, whole entire city. Oh, you motherfucker! You and the city bikes. Yeah, but I loved it. Like you know what I mean? I know you're probably thinking you know cops hate it or whatever. Oh, fucking but, city bikes. But I'm saying you know, like we loved it. We loved to just explore. We go to different bars, do different shots at different bars. Yeah, you know, it good. was something that was. Great. I even liked. I hate the city, but I would love like and once in a while I'll tell the wife, hey, come on, we're gonna go. To, we're gonna go to Manhattan for dinner. Yeah, and, but you know, now now you go into the city, you see people. Taking shits in front of Penn Station, doing dope. Yeah, dope. You know, I went. We went through. Uh, what was it? Washington Square. Oh, forget it. It was. It was guy dope, after dope guy haven, bro. sitting on the benches, passed out. We saw them even shooting up yeah. right there. It was the most disgusting thing. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be here. No. Nope. What the hell is going on here? You know what's crazy? We used to go to Manhattan for dinner or a nice day of drinking. 
all the people in the city that aren't fucked up, they're all coming out to Long Island now. I know. They're coming out here. And, I, and I'm like, fuck you, go back to the city. What was the, <laughs> so when you first started, was who was there, who was the mayor? Uh, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. Did you like Bloomberg? I don't know. City, we don't like any mayors, but uh, I mean, he paid us. Yeah. If well, I people love Giuliani, no? Didn't the cops love Giuliani? Or was no, that the, co- the cops liked him because he backed us, but he fucked us on a contract. So the cops, like, they fucking, he gave, you heard the zeros for heroes? I think they, there were two zeros in the contract. So Bloomberg paid us, except for our last contract, because then he was like, you know, he bought his third term. That's what I, that's politics at its finest. The guy buys his, he, make, he, he gets city council to amend the law that he could have a third term. And then his first fucking rule that he enacts as a third term mayor is, Cut the police department. No. No more third terms for mayors after him. I didn't even know that. It's like... It's scumbag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, just this one time. Right. And, this he one ran, and he ran as a Democrat, a Republican, and an Independent. Yeah. And and that's what I say, man. When it comes to voting, that's how stupid the voters are in New York City, man. They just... They, they don't... They, oh. So tell me, so get to de Blasio. So why is de Blasio? What do you think? Like As a city cop, as you saw, what was the what was the vibe that was well, going he's, around? Uh, he's... um. He's very progressive. It's a Marxist. Uh, right. I mean, and, and what do Marxists do? The first thing, you debole the police department. You know what I mean? And, and he did it, you know? Um, there's trash everywhere. He's made everything legal in New York City. What do you think of... Dude, you uh, can shoot dope up and there's no... There's no ramifications. There's no recourse. What do you think like, of the whole pot thing being legal now? People smoking up all day long in the city. I mean, you used to make these... Collars, you know, I didn't make, I, I, or whatever. I, no, I didn't make many of those, man. No. I tried to make good arrests. I mean, every once in a while you did. You know, it was a tool. Um, I'll tell you this. I don't give a shit if you smoke weed. I will I will tell you, and I had this conversation with this cigar lounge convo, is you and me can go out right now in front of the pizzeria, right? You light up a joint. Nobody will blink an eye at you, right? Right. I light up a cigar. In five minutes, people are like, what is that smell? And it's like... The weed smells fucking so much worse, uh, and that's the society we live in. I don't know, man. I, I've seen it. Like you go, you know, you go to parks with kids, and all you smell is weed. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess this generation of kids, that's gonna be normal to them. To, I think it's terrible. I, I don't know. I, I think it's terrible. Smoke it inside, dude. Yeah, I don't. Your think, yard. I like the better one. You know, listen. You you want to legalize it for if you, you know private use in your home. I think yeah. that's fine. But having people, you go into you know right before. Well, right when it was enacted that it was legal, we went into the city a couple of times, and you're in Times Square. It's all your smell. You smell like piss, shit, and weed, and weed. Yeah, it's disgusting. And I remember the day I was still on the job. What a great city this it was. It, it is was. So it, was bad. it was. It's it was. so bad. The day it got legalized, they were taking videos of like people walking up to cops like this, lighting up right, right, like right in the cop's face. Such a bullshit. Like you it's can't. So and it's like, and it's you know, on one hand you laugh, and on one hand you like. Would you do? I remember, like every time guys would talk shit, I'd say to him, and I'm not a big guy, you know. I'd be like, "Listen, dude, you're talking to me because I got this badge around my neck, or I'm in this blue monkey suit, you know." I'm like, "If we were in a bar, and you were sitting on one end, and I was sitting on the other, would you walk over and talk shit to me?" Some of them would. So there's some badass motherfuckers out there. Yeah, but most of them wouldn't. No, no way. Why? Because I punch you right in your fucking face, and they know that you're not. Gonna and maybe you punch you me back and knock me out. I don't know, but right, you you know, I have rules right now, and you don't. A couple of things I want to talk to you about before uh, we close out here. I want to first talk to you about being a cop in New York City during George Floyd. 
The whole oh. thing that took place there. The riots. Yeah. Tell me what that was all about. Tell me about being in New York City. Talk about the vibe. Talk about how people hated cops. And then you heard defund the police. What was going on in... Well, you got to remember, we, we kind of got like the shit sandwich, man. Because we had COVID going on. We had the BLM. And we had the riots. And it was just like back to back to back. And like we... I mean, I think I did July of last year... I think I did like 105 hours of overtime. It was like three weeks. We had no days off, 12 hour tours. And it was just, that was for the riots. But prior to that, we had the BLM protest. And then we had COVID. And that's why with this whole COVID thing, and if I can't say this, just like, I don't know, throw a bottle at me. Like, everybody's all hell bent about COVID, right? Like, you know, I mean, they shut down the world, shut it down. And then they allowed protests, which were really riots. And, Oh, well, we don't, we're not going to let COVID interfere with constitutional rights, I think is what de Blasio said. It's like, really? So bullshit. Yeah, right, you're full shit, dude. So bullshit. But had it been, can you imagine, I don't know, it was a pro-police protest? They wouldn't have given a permit. No, they, they would have had him shut down. Right. You wouldn't have been able to so do it at all. It's because it's what he believes in. You know, his daughter was arrested at one, like one or two of the rallies. I remember that. I saw like, that. I, I mean, it's just, I mean, it was horrible, dude. It, it was, it was rough. Um, but I'll tell you what, even with the BLM and, you know, and I, and I always keep it real and I'm transparent. Even there were, so I always say there's a difference between like Black Lives Matter, the movement and like Black Lives Matter, like the business, so to speak, or the political side of it because i remember during black lives matter rallies peaceful protest even the protesters were thanking us for protecting them they weren't throwing shit at us they weren't they were like thank you guys and, and they would say and i remember like there would be protesters that would say just because we say black lives matter doesn't mean we don't think blue lives matter or white lives matter or you know hispanic lives matter they would say that to you and you're like oh not everyone's a fucking asshole you know, it, it, but then you got the other side of it, like with the whole uh, the Rittenhouse thing. I, I, I'm watching the news and somebody's like, oh, yeah, Rittenhouse is a white supremacist racist because of what he did. And then I'm like, I got to Google this. Did this guy fucking kill a black guy? I'm like, I don't remember him. Kill I remember he killed a pedophile. People thought that. <laughs> people thought because they were how the media was portraying right. it, that the people that he shot at were black. Right. And, and it was all white. Right. How can you make that now a racist thing? So, like, you look at that, and then I remember, like, uh, there was a uh, uh, one of these social media, like, reporters was, like, going up to people, and they're like, well, is Carl Rittenhouse a racist? And the girl's like, yeah, he's racist, da-da-da. And it's like, tell me why. And she's like, oh, I have to go. It's like... Yeah, of course. Right. But these are the people, you know, that are all over the fucking news. But, yeah, that was a tough time, man, to be a cop. That was that was, that was was rough. I mean... There's videos, if you look, I mean, there were cops getting garbage cans. Is that one of the reasons why you said, listen, after, tw you know, once you got your 20 years in and you were able to buy in your military, you were like, I'm done? No, I'll tell you the truth. I'll, I'll tell you the story of why I left. Um, I left very, like, uh, like a thief in the night. <laughs> um, I, uh, I got a, I got basically, long story, I, you know, I, I, I can't say the corporation I work for, but it's a Fortune 500 company. I do corporate security. Um, I was offered an interview. So I said, uh, well, I got a heads up. Hey, they're looking for somebody. I'm like, I'm not putting in for that shit. You know. Then they told me kind of what the salary range would be. And I'm like, oh, all right. well, okay. You know. Um, so I did some interviews and they end up, uh, they offered me the job on Monday. I filed for retirement on Tuesday. And you get the full pension. I got a full pension. But in between all of that, I was smart. I could say I was smart enough that I went to a financial guy, not a cop, not a cop financial guy. I went to a real yeah. Wall Street 
financial guy. And basically, like, I said, hey, hey man, here's the deal. You know, I was a sergeant in the police department. I made lieutenant's pay. I was a sergeant detective squad. So I, I gave him my W-2 for last year. I said, theoretically speaking, I should never make less than that. You know, he goes, okay. I gave him my offer letter from the company. And I said, listen, man, if I work for this company, I'm only 40. I'll work there till I'm 50. If I stay PD, I want to do five more years. And he goes, no. He goes, I'm not... I'm doing it if you work 10. He goes, because you could say you're going to do 10 at this company and leave in seven, or you could say you want to do five more PD and do 10. I said, fair enough. And basically, the longest skinny of it was, if I stayed PD and didn't take the private sector job, I would be shorting myself a million dollars in income over the next 10 years. Really? Yeah. Fuck that. So I was like, toodaloo, motherfuckers. Yeah. And, uh, do you miss it? I do. Um but I gotta tell you, hanging out with the boys, back you know in what, the car. Man? You I know? get a lot of time off that I didn't have before. Um, I went upstate hunting. You know, I hunt and I fish. Um, I was upstate hunting yesterday. Where do you uh, hunt? Where I hunt Long Island, upstate. I went to Georgia in September. What, 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 what game? Like, what do you? Uh, uh, deer, bear, boar. Yep, you, you shot a beer. I have a beer. A bear. I do. Yeah, I have a. I have the. I'll show you a picture after. I got a rug in my in, living room. Uh, upstate New York. Uh, right now, hunt in the Monticello area. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's yeah, not I too far. Why you hunt too, Eric? I hunt up in Ellenville. Oh, yeah, right there. Yeah, 209. Yep. Yep, yeah. Mm -hmm. So wait a second. Hold on. So let's I love about, it, man. Let's uh, talk about hunting for a second because I'm a big animal guy. I got two German Shepherds. I love- I, I got love a Rottweiler. It doesn't mean I'm going to fucking shoot it. <laughs> I know, but I love animals, man. Like You're shooting a bear, but you're not going to eat a bear. You can. But you don't. So why are you shooting it? I ate a bear. You shoot bear every time- Everything you shoot, you're eating? Yep. You sh I, Everything you I, shoot, you are eating. Yeah, me and my son. My son is 16. That kid's a fucking assassin in the woods, dude. He's got like, I think in his lifetime, he has shot, I think, four deer, a bear, and a bobcat. You're not eating bob the bobcat. No, you're not, but it's a predator. No, stop, though. It's an yeah, animal. It's, it's no good. See, that's what I don't like. No, but you're wrong. You, but if you're going to go there and you're going to hunt and kill an animal and then eat it, God bless. Have I you mean, ever had venison? No. Would you? So yeah, good. I, I would. I would if I, yeah, I would. You know what? I got, I'm going to bring you, uh, I got a bunch at home. I'm going to bring you some. It's racy, right? Isn't it no, like No, I got, I got the best, bro. I got, um, you know, Deer Park Ravioli on Deer Park Avenue? <laughs> <course>. Ernie? <laughs> um, Deer Park Ravioli. <laughs> you bring him 10 pounds of venison and he makes raviolis for you. Three cases. I have really? venison. Yo, they're slamming. You, it's oh, so good, dude. I'll, I'll drop some off this week here for you. Okay. They're, they're awesome. And I'll give you some backstrap. Um, bear, bear is you gotta know. See what gamey. It, I meant to say, like, is it venison's game not game. You gotta know how to cook it. So, like, uh, venison doesn't. It's very lean. And I'm surprised because you're always into these fucking crazy diets that you do. Um, I don't really eat meat. I'll try. It. It's organic. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's organic. <laughs> um, Tell me about the whole hunting thing, though, because I am interested in a way. It's a man's thing. It I is. love. It. Like, you know, I'm not saying females can't do it, but it's a, you know, no. You, there's a whole. Um, there's a whole. Uh, out here in Long Island, Long Island babes and bucks. There's like these three chicks: uh, Jackie, Julia. Babes and bucks. Oh it's man, what's the other girl's name? name. She's gonna get mad name. at me. It's um, a pretty good name. Yeah, there's three three girls. They 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 run. They have a crew. It's all it's lady hunters and uh, lady fisherwomen out of Long Island. Can you see if you can post, pick that up there? See yeah, if, we, if we can get yeah, that. Yeah, see babes and bucks. Yeah. Well, okay, so listen. So you go up hunting, right? You're gonna go for a mountain lion. Right? Was that what you you went for a mountain lion, a cougar, or whatever? What would you say? You, you no, shot? my son shot the bobcat. He was deer hunting, and it came out. So, 
talk to me about going up there, the juice of hunting. Like, because I've never done it. And I am interested in a way in I'll it, but I don't next, want. I'll but take I don't it next want, year. But I don't want. I'm not doing it unless I'm eating it. Well, that's up to you. Okay. But you see this deer, right? You don't feel bad. Well, I just want to be clear. You don't feel bad that it might have a child, like have a, uh, uh, like a, uh, a, a family. Form? No, because it's not like that. What it's is not... it like? How do you know? So, are you doing interviews? So how no, do you do it? You no science. <laughs> um, you know, for, first of all, the one thing you you got to put out there. Uh, outdoor, you know, everyone talks about conservation and wildlife. The number one contributors in the world to to wildlife management and conservation. Are hunters, so you can Google it. You can look it up. That's where all the funding. You're, you're, you're talking about controlling the ecosystem. Every, everything to do with like you know the, these these scientists that do research into animals, population growth. That's them right there. Uh, yep, that's bucks them. and babes, babes and bucks, yeah, babes yeah. and bucks. Look at this. Yeah, they just did duck hunting. You too. do the whole thing. You're you're in your uniform. You have I'm the uniform. camouflage. <laughs> I do I'm saying the you, have the, yeah. you have the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You have what kind of gun? What kind of rifle do you use? I actually like the bow hunt. You a bow and arrow. Yeah. Are you out of? Are you serious? My son too. Really? My every animal my son's ever killed. No, my son shot a bear with his bow. A one. Two. There is a lot of you know. I don't know if you know this. There's this and a book. and a crossbow. He he used a crossbow. There's too. this book and it's about really being like meditation type book. This guy. I I when I find I got to look at. I read it and I'll, I'm going to send it to you. But there's like a real art. In using a bow and arrow. Oh, I know, right? You and it's it's a it's you know it's it's a different type of hunt because like even like me, I watch the hunting channels and stuff. And I gotta tell you, it's a little different too than using a gun. Because well, you're right, you're close. You're up. You're in the mix, brother. It's not like you know with a gun. I watch these like you know these ranch in Texas. So a lot a lot of the biggest thing about hunting and everyone thinks is like, oh, you're just gonna slaughter these animals. It's not. First of all, a lot of it is um, population control. And I always say, like everyone, I'm, every year it happens. There'll be that person out of East Long Island. You fucking guys, deer hunt. You're you're slaughtering. You're just that. Oh, they're so beautiful. Let them live, right? And then you see that person a year or two later, and they're like, kill every fucking deer you see. And you're like, whoa, what happened? My daughter hit one with the car. Oh, why'd your daughter hit one with the car? Because the village that you live in doesn't allow hunting on public land. So that deer herd is doubling every five years, and well, they they have to go. They have to move. They and have now, to, if you're in these rich neighborhoods, which are usually the biggest protesters of hunting, well, now you're putting you know your your ten thousand dollar bush. Yeah, let me know how, if that bush is there in four days after the fucking deer get to it. But um, you know, you watch these shows where you know the guys are in a uh, a tower and they're taking four hundred yard shots at deer. I'm like, I don't, I'm not really feeling that. Um, yes, it takes skill. You still have to you have to learn the patterns of the animals. And you're talking about a 400 yard shot. You're talking about a gun, though, right? Because you're not gonna have a bow. With and arrow. a bow, how long? How what's 20, 30 yards? I mean, unless you're really good. Did your son when he killed the mountain lion? Did he a bobcat? Same thing. <laughs> no, it's not a bobcat and a mountain lion. Is not the same thing. No, it's not a dude. cougar and a mountain lion is the same yeah. thing. Dude, a mountain yeah, a mountain lion's like 140 pounds, right? A bobcat's 30. <laughs> okay, I didn't. Okay, I got it mixed up. Here. A bobcat can't kill you. A mountain lion will fucking destroy is you. Like a big mean house cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah a bobcat. Bobcat. Yeah, they I are see them on TikTok. Then nasty. Yeah, oh, I see TikTok. Them on t- or you go down a rabbit hole on that fucking. Yeah, thing. I know. It's the worst. I love it. It's the worst, <laughs> but I love it. But um, it's like a mine's like you scroll. It's like Rottweiler hunting tits. That's Rob- why. Yeah, that's it. It's, yeah. it's monkey, uh, you know, orangutan, yeah, 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 tits, yeah. Uh, dancer yeah, 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 with, yeah, yeah, with yeah. Uh, booty shorts on. Yep, yep. Yeah. Tits. <laughs> you know. So so when, uh, did he shoot 
the bobcat with the bow and arrow? Crossbow. 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 Yeah, I, I like crossbow and bow hunting more than rifle. Like I'll do the rifle, but what do you do? So you go up, you go upstate. Do you stay in a hotel or do you stay in a cabin? So, like what do you do? Up until uh, this year, we were part of a hunting club in uh, in Forestburg, which is you know right near Monticello. It was actually pretty cool, man. We we leased five. We had five hundred acres, a twenty acre pond, two cabins, quad trails. It was like a, a piece of fucking heaven, dude. And the cabins were good enough for us to go up there and use as a hunting club, but bad enough that the wives didn't want to come. So it was the fucking, best. it was the boys' club. It's the best. And uh, you stay right here. Don't worry about it. It right. sucks up there. So uh, and me and my son, one every month we would go for a weekend, just him and me, man, just father son time. We go up, we shoot guns, ride the ATVs, fish, fucking do a bonfire. There is not a. I don't have a. I don't have a son, and I and, and I love my daughter to death, but. You know, there's something about what you just said. Right yeah, but you know there. what I do? My stepdaughter's 27. All right, she's my wife's older than me, and I've taken her up. And you know, obviously she's an adult. She, you know, so she'll come up and leave with her friends. Yeah, but what I'm saying, but she loves it too. Yeah, but I'm saying the the that precious time that you guys, what you're talking about, life, right? You're hunting together. You're you're out in nature together. I right. mean, come on, that's it's there forever. That's, that's the bond, right? Right there, right? Right. He's 16, so like even like. Or do you like? Or do you like bonding with these guys at the cigar lounge better? What are you trying? No, to do? Like, no. What you I mean, yeah. I'll go in the woods with my kid every day. Right, bro, it's the best. We we still go, and uh, that's the best. Is like over the summer, you know. He's like, yeah, dad. You know, I don't know if I'm gonna hunt a lot this because you know he's 16, so you yeah, can't. Yeah, I want to get pussy. Yeah, right. Exactly. So. And uh, he's like, Dad, I don't know how much I'm going to hunt this year. And I'm like, and then like in my head, I'm like, man, that fucking sucks, dude. Uh, I'm going to hunt without my boy. It's bad enough he's going to be going to the military after next year, and I'm not going to be able to hunt. And then I'm like, in my head, I'm like, do I make him hunt with me, or do I make him want to hunt with me? So I said, you know what, Joe? Don't His name's Joe, too. I said, don't worry about it, buddy. I get it. You're a teenager. You want to hang out with your friends. I said, it's all good. So all of a sudden, he comes home from school one day. He goes, what are you doing? I was getting on my, I was going hunting on Long Island. I go, I'm going hunting. He's like, can I come? Oh. And I'm like, you're not gonna hang out with the boys? He's like, well, it gets dark at six. So he goes, it's Friday night, I can go out when I get back, right? I go, yeah, I don't, you know, your curfew's whatever. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'll come, I'll come. I'll tell you right yeah. now, you know, what I've learned with my daughter, you know, she's 21 now, the more you press, the more they'll pull away. Right, the more the you more don't give a you fuck. The more you don't give a fuck. <laughs> you're right. They will say, hey, what are you doing tonight? Right, right. What's going on? You know, f from the part from the time when they need money, of course. Right, but, right. But yeah, it's the truth, man. Yeah. Yo, listen, I, I, I love that you're here. I love that you came. I love every. I love the story. You got to come back. Yeah, we got. I, I want to go over like, some of the scenarios, but yeah, you know, with Rittenhouse and all that shit, but it's... Uh, we went down a rabbit hole, so I guess I have to come. Next time I come back, I'll come in the evening. We can have some uh, booze. Yeah, some booze and everything <laughs> like that. Yeah. So let me ask you, are you on social media? I am on social media. Actually, yeah. Um, How do people follow you? So uh, it's it's my old corny name. I'm trying to come up with a good one for the podcast. But uh, on Instagram, you could do uh, Crime Fighter USMC. Crime Fighter yeah, we make USMC. Sure. United States Marine Corps. Yep. Okay. Let and me just make sure here. Can we get on Instagram and pop that up real quick? Let's see what we got. Yep, let's see. Yep. Let, let, let's see what this uh, proper spelling. Let's see <laughs> what this uh, jabroni has on his Instagram <laughs> here. I'm sure we're gonna see. Uh, That's actually, you know what, man? I, I probably now that I want to kind of get into the the podcast world, or so to speak, I I probably should get on it a lot more. And it's a know. job. Yeah, maybe right, it's I'll, a full time job. I'm out of this. This whole this real quick here. You know any engineers that are uh, looking for work? <laughs> I'm out of this whole politics thing, and I was talking to you about that before. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, man. I, I, I feel that's I can't do it anymore. It's very stressful. It's so negative. But because because it's stressful because you know you know and I'm not I don't 
I know we're gonna wrap it up soon, but like, I, I sum it up like this: like, I, I'm 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 a Republican. Most of my views are conservative. There are certain things that I guess if you want to call me a liberal, with, I don't I don't want to say I don't want to sound harsh. I don't give a fuck about abortion. It's your body. You, you you know. I mean, I do think if you get pregnant, the father should have a say in it, because. See what you're doing is you're being wishy-washy. No, I'm not being wishy-washy. Yeah, you are. Are you for babies being murdered and killed, or are you for babies staying alive? It's just one or the other. It's See, not, I don't. It's I not, don't think it's, it's not that, that the mother should say it and the father should no, have no, no, a say. No, no, no. But what it's not. If the mother says no and the father says. I want to have the kid, well, and the mother I, says, I don't yeah. want to have the kid. So that's what I'm saying. It's wishy-wash. You, be, you, you can't play it like that. Well, what I don't believe, like, I don't believe, listen, man, you, you get pregnant on the 1st, and you have an abortion on the 15th, I don't know, it's not a baby yet. So you're for plan B. Yeah, plan B, yeah. You're full plan But B. I don't think, like, what I don't understand, I didn't even know this was a thing, I don't understand if people get abortions in, like, late second or, or early third trime. I don't understand. Like, how do you get that far into it? And then be like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You have a, this isn't working. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, how do you have a sonogram and you actually see the child? Right. It in, tells you uh, that your baby form. has a dick. At this point, you're too late into the fucking game. Like, yeah. you should have. And, and don't get me wrong. Like, rape victims, it should be completely up to them. I, I mean, that's you know, like I know there's some politicians, that I agree. Like, there's politicians that are like not even that because I it's agree a, with the that act of God. I'm like, that's fucking crazy, dude. You know, just like gay marriage, knock yourselves out. You want to be miserable like the fucking rest of us? Go for it, dude. You know? Uh, you want to lose half your shit when you fucking break up? Because apparently gay people break up a lot more than straight people do. So you're going to lose half your shit? Go ahead. Um, but I feel like, you know, if you ever, if you ever argue, which I'm, I know you have, with like a, a liberal or whatever, say this to them. Hey, man, I respect your point. I just wish you'd respect mine. And they'll lose their fucking mind. Oh, I know. It doesn't oh, work. I can't respect your... It's like... That's that to me right now. When you get to like the ultra left, the ultra right, that's the difference in, in the political parties. It's like most Republicans will be like, "Dude, I get where you're coming from. I, I I get it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it." A Democrat looks at a Republican. Oh, you you're a fucking cop. You're a fucking racist. Or you're a Marine. You're a fucking killer. You're the you know they, they just have this one channel mind. Yeah, I know. That's what you're just like it, it, it. It's insane. He can't get up his thing. Instagram's giving me a problem logging in. All right, so what is it again, though? Uh, Crime Fighter USMC. We're going to have to maybe change that. Crime Fighter. I got to change. Yeah, yeah I got to yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, on the ne- you know what? Crime Fighter USMC. You get to, you get to make it up next nah, next show. No, the next show, we'll, we'll change it up. What about Twitter? You're not on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter yet. I'm, I'm If you're going to do this podcast, you, you got to get on Twitter. That's going to be the get goal. On YouTube, you're going to have to get on all these things. That's the plan. What about Facebook? I'm on Facebook, but I, I keep that private. It's private. It's your private little baby right there. Yeah, because but you Instagram know, and but you don't have a Twitter handle. I yet. don't have a Twitter handle yet. Yeah, the Facebook uh, I like to keep private because not the fucking dudes I locked up the last seventeen years will be sending me messages. It's true, they have. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, it's know. true. So uh, listen, I I love that you came. Come on anytime, man. No, it'd be great. Thanks for having me. Let me know, man. I got, I got a lot more free time now. So, yeah, absolutely, uh, <laughs> brother. I love we'll, it. We'll get you out in the tree stand next yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So listen, All right. thanks for uh, tuning into the Joe Cozo Show. We're gonna have more interviews coming up. You can always go to our website, thejoecozoshow.com. Look at all of our uh, videos. Also, the audio is streaming on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and don't forget. YouTube for your wife. Yeah, right here. she gets enough fucking presents. Right here. <laughs> T- promo code TJCS, mypillow.com. And with that being said, we are out. Peace. Take care.